Hey folks, Captain Kevin Faber here from Whalen Bay Marine, and I want to tell you all about a line of boats they are carrying. Whalen Bay now carries tractor boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tractor pontoon boats, Tahoe boats, and we all know the last one, Mako. So now, no matter what your boat needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. You have your choice of the number one aluminum boat, family boats, performance fishing boats, or just straight up fishing machine in the new Mako boats. Does it get any better? Also, I can promise you, when you buy your new boat, all of the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. And you can do all this at Whalen Bay Marine. It's St. Augustine, located at 845 State Road 207. Or give them a call at 904-217-3778. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized tracker boat, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, and Mako boats dealer. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. And welcome to the Nimnik Outdoor Show. Jeff Lagerman alongside Captain Kirk Waltz, Chris Wayne. Spinning it. Behind the control. Yes, I am. The, like the Wizard of Oz dude behind the curtain. Do not Oz. look at that gorgeous man hanging behind the curtain. The Oz. <laughs> Great Oz. You know, you know the disappointing thing about this week has been? What's that? What? Like favors on this two-week kind Sabbatical. of, yeah, you know, he's doing outdoor show research, which is awesome, right? Indeed. Two weeks. How many pictures have we seen? Oh, he, nothing. He sent one for like two years ago. I mean, like really, like <laughs> well, I mean, no, Tara sent that. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that was, that that was six years ago, and Tara well, pulled that up. Yeah. Well, listen, okay, look, uh, silver lining here. Is that we don't get we don't get selfies like we got from him, you know? Thank God. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, like on our Facebook page this week. Yeah, he's kind of okay on on our Facebook page this week, right? And, and I'm going to tell you which date was because if you want to go back and, and check it out. We on our Wednesday post, right? Okay, I sat in a deer stand on a on a on a the week before, mm-hmm. and I sent you guys all the pictures that I was taking from my deer stand. Right? You yeah. did, yeah. Raccoons, a buck, yeah. Had uh, a, a blue, great blue heron. It was quite the biosphere, right? And, yeah. and so this is this is awesome. I mean, because you know you get to share that with other people. Yeah, he's and selfish. So, so where's the pictures <laughs> from Kevin? He's I don't know. Com- I mean, he's just self-absorbed. Maybe he's busy. Maybe they're being real spooky. I mean, that well, jerk. That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? I asked him. I talked to him. I butt called him one day when I was on the water, and and I, I, I and he called me right back. And then I hung up. So I, I called him right back. I said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry." I said it was a butt call, and we started laughing, and I, we talked a little bit, and I said, "Well, are you seeing anything?" And he goes, "Yeah, seeing, seeing plenty of deer." Just no shooters. Okay, so he went to Georgia. Okay, he missed two weeks. This is the second show that he's missed. Right. Okay, he goes to Georgia, the first part of this sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's off to Indiana where the family has, and it's on his wife's side, Carrie, they have family 
hunting land slash lease land that they hunt. Yeah, her brother and her father. Right. Grandpa so Jimmy. this is a great. I mean, so you haven't shot a deer yet, but I mean, don't you have a camera on your phone and taking pictures on the deer stand? I mean, that's the great. I think that's the greatest thing about hunting. It's yeah. not about the harvesting of an animal all the time. I agree. It's 100%. about the experience that you have with the animals that are just in nature and they don't know that you're there and that you get to watch them. That's the most exciting thing is to sit there in a tree 20 feet off the ground in the middle of a swamp and listening to all the animals. And all of a sudden, like you were talking about before we got on the air, you've looked down for a second. And the next thing you look up and it's there and you go, how did the heck, and what's that there? a hundred plus pound animal move in front of me and not make a freaking sound. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that is so cool. I had an experience this week and had nothing to, I mean, that, I had that experience with the deer, yeah. which was great. But it was the day before I was sitting in a shooting house mm-hmm. and birds love shooting houses. Oh yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> you build one, the wasp love them. Okay, the flying squirrels love them. It's a dry place to hang out. The raccoons Warm. at times love in. a shooting house. They'll oh, yeah. turn it into their own personal property. Yeah. And so on Wednesday evening, I'm in the shooting house, and all of a sudden, I, you know, the, during while I'm sitting in, it's starting to get a little bit darker. You can see the pitter-patter of birds' feet on the roof, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a metal roof. Mm-hmm. You know, ch 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 yeah, little claws walking around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's pretty cool. And then as it starts to get dark, this bird, I guess, has made this shooting house its home. Mm. So he he lands in the window, and then he sees me and goes, oh, my God. Oh, crap. Oh, my God. There's a predator. And it just starts getting this shrill. Yeah, warning, warning, danger. Oh, please stop doing that. <laughs> well, the thing is. <laughs> that's what I was saying to the bird. But it was so <laughs> cool that this bird had freaked out and now was just giving this warning sign, and it goes around to the other side, tries to come in the other window, realizes that I'm still there, and then it back to the doing of the same sounds again. I'm just like, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, what a cool experience that was. People don't realize, too, every animal in the wood is alerted to every other animal's sounds. And when they do that, it pierces the bubble. <laughs> and, and boy, I tell you what, it's funny how one, one animal like that, whether it's a squirrel or a wren or a cat bird. Something. Or other animals, are, they're all tuning into it because they'll look that direction. Mm-hmm. They'll go, why is that animal all fired up? That's right. You know, why are they alerted? The deer looked in my direction for a short minute. Yep. But then they were like, eh, no big deal. He's but at first, they took fussy. a look. Oh, yeah. Because it was something different. Oh, yeah. You get busted <laughs> real quick. That was funny, though. This, this bird was just like, how dare you? And it was cussing me and yelling at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Well, that's one of the neat things about it. I always tell people, you know, they go, well, as a, a bow hunter, what's it like? And I said, you're trying to get into the bedroom of a very suspicious animal that is highly uh, alerted to any kind of movement, any kind of sound, any kind of smell, predators, and it's very difficult. And when you finally pull it off and you do it, and let's say, you know, and and we do, we we take our phones into the stands, and you're sitting 20 feet above the ground. After about 30 minutes and you're not seeing anything, you go, well, let me just, let me look at at my phone. Mm -hmm. And you look down for like five seconds. Mm -hmm. 
And then you look up, and there's a damn deer right there in yeah, front of you. And, and you're, you're not going, ready. And you're going, how did that deer get right there? Yeah, that and happened going, to me this crap. week. Yep. You got to put the phone in your pocket, reach <laughs> over and grab the bow, and it's like, you know that's 10 or 15 seconds wasted. The uh, Last week, we were talking about this crazy northeaster that we were having. Oh, yeah. It was we, unreal. And the the tides were ridiculously high. I mean, yep. ridiculously high. And we got a, a number of pictures that we posted up on our Facebook page on Monday. And one of them was of uh, Browns, Browns Creek Fish Camp. I don't know who we got that picture from. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the, the unbelievable high tides. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was the moon in conjunction with the Northeaster that we were having. But uh, Browns, Pre- Browns Creek Fish Camp was basically underwater. I mean, oh, yeah. not the whole building, but the parking lot, everything was underwater. And uh, that was crazy. And then we had a a post, and if you, if you haven't seen this, of the post that we had on Monday on our Facebook page, kind of going back and looking at some of the things. Because, you know, we we end up getting a lot of these pictures from ourselves that we take, except for favor. Right. And then <laughs> – shot, shot <laughs> – and then we end up getting a lot of pictures that get sent to us because people know yeah. that we share it on our Facebook page and they want other people to see it. We'll put, we put the intel out there. So my buddy had got this picture off of his trail cam, and it might be one of the best trail cam pictures that, that you can get. Yeah. And it's a turkey that literally is standing like right up in the face of the trail camera and looking kind of at it. <laughs> and it's one of the funniest pictures and so we said, caption that, and there was like so many different people that chimed in on that picture. Oh yeah, and what a great picture! We we got a trail camera picture this week that we're going to share with people coming up soon of a doe and a turkey kind of at a feeder, and the doe is kind of stomping at the turkey, and the turkey is getting up in flight, and its wings are spread, and it's a beautiful shot that uh, that we will share. Uh, Jimmy Knight sent us the picture of that South Georgia. What was that thing called again? Uh, what is it? A Manitowoc deer? Some kind of weird. Some crap. crazy name. And then, by the way, we had a post also on our Facebook page and Instagram page that Chris uh, had to uh, address our our website issue. Good job, Chris. He took care of business there. We uh, are <laughs> yeah, welcome. Well, yeah. one of the weird things is is that I had Munt Jack. A, uh, that animal was a Munt Jack. Munt Jack. Munt. Muntjack, M-U-N-T-J-A-C. That's weird looking. Well, our friend across the pond there, Matt Goodlife, mm-hmm. I traded a conversation with him one day this week. I think it was Wednesday. And he had a bunch of pictures. Apparently, these are a, a well-established species, the Muntjack, over in So he heard the radio the show and sent you some info. Yeah, over in England. Okay. And so he and I went back and forth Wednesday morning, and I said, look. And they man, got fangs, by the way. Yeah. And he had all kind of pictures of them. He Canines. said they hunt them over there. He showed me a picture. Do they eat good? Did uh, he say? He said they were delicious. Huh. He said they're good to eat. Um, and I, I urged him. I said, call us on Saturday morning. Okay. So he may call in. So he might call in. Okay. Um, Give us a Munt Jack story. Yeah. I mean, the, one of the things that he posted up here on our Facebook page, and everybody can read it, was that they were brought over in the early 1900s, and they're now considered to be a naturalized species over in England. They have a massive population all across England, huh. parts of Wales, 
and into Scotland. He said, in my opinion, they're a fantastic little deer that are great to hunt, watch, photograph, and above all, they produce some absolutely fantastic venison. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. He said, the biggest trouble is they, they mess up young trees, work on crops and wildflowers. Same thing deer do. But, you know, same thing we have. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's okay. I mean, they're not a very big animal. I mean, like 22 yeah. Magnum be perfect for them, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, yeah. from looking at the size of them. But it was kind of cool. He said he's been listening to the show since 2009. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's almost, uh, well, that's, that's not since the beginning, but it's a long time. 2009. We also put up on our Facebook page, and uh, Chris, did you see this deer that was killed in Brooks County, Georgia? It's called Stickers. Oh, yes, my that. word, yes. That's good one. Okay. Folks, if you haven't seen this post, or because what we did is we provided a link to GON, which is uh, GeorgiaOutdoorNews.com, and there's a story about this deer that with the, this, this guy was hunting for quite some time, and it was called Stickers. And Brooks County, for those that don't know, Brooks County, Georgia, is over there in the I-75 corridor. Right. And But it's not very far from the uh, from the uh, Florida-Georgia state line. Yeah, it's just I think north it's, of Jasper, isn't it? Off of, yeah, and I think it's yeah. uh, 82, uh, and I might be wrong on the uh, on the road, but I think it's US 82, or which is, you know, a highway, runs through Brooks County and it kind of bisects it. And south of 82, you have deer that are almost like Fargo, mm -hmm. okay? 130 pound. Yeah, Flatwoods deer. Yeah, deer. Yeah. And it's a real sandy soil area. Coastal when, species. When you, go, yeah, when, when you go up above it, then you have, and I, I don't, and I guess it's the soil, you have these monsters like this deer. Yeah. And so Northern Brooks County is considered like one of the big buck places in the whole state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. So I actually looked at uh, trying to buy some land over there at one point. And, uh, and it's a beautiful area. It, it's right. you got some areas over there that have the uh, the big quail plantation kind of looks to them, some farming and yeah, like Thomasville. Yeah, kind of similar to that in some places and uh, and just but but just big deer. And so this story about the hunt for stickers in Brooks County is a must read on Georgia Outdoor News. So if you haven't checked it out, check that out. And then uh, uh, the the picture of Kevin with his deer six years ago, we kind of posted that because we're trying to send him a message, mm -hmm. seeing if he's paying attention. You know, that we get that we got to use stuff that's six years old of you, okay? <laughs> so can we maybe uh, find a way to use your camera and take some pictures while you're in Indiana and share your experience? So anyway. Yeah. And then last but not least. <laughs> you're whiny. I know. Well, we got a couple things, last but not least. Larry Minyard. Congratulations to Larry Minard. Is well he back done, in town? Larry. I don't know. Text him. We want to hear the story. I don't know. We got to get him to call in today. Okay? We got to get him to call in and tell the story of this giant Illinois buck that he got. Okay, we had Brother Dave call in last week and give us the story about the deer that he got and also the giant that he didn't get that somebody else got that, per that expired right behind his deer stand. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Well that story. was a great story. And also, we put that picture up on our Facebook page last weekend. But I want to get the story from Larry. So, did you text him? I did. Okay. Wake up, Larry. And if anybody knows Larry Minier, text him. Tell him the Outdoor Show requests 
his presence. If you live near him. This morning. Go beat on his go door. Go knock on his door, wake him up, give him a cup of coffee. He say, might Come still on, Larry. be in Illinois. Come on, Larry. No, he's not in Illinois. He's already tagged out. And even if he is in Illinois, so what? I know Larry, though, if he's got a couple of dough tags, dough tags. he's going to tag them out, buddy. <laughs> no no vineyard all through ways. And then uh, last oh, but not least, one. he's replying? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, and last but not least, before we go to the break, we've done a Christmas show in the past, and we're not doing one this year. But Hagen decided since we're not doing one, they want to do one. No. Well, hello. Yes. So the Hagens invited us to be at the Hagen Christmas Outfitters which is at the Hagen A store in Mandarin. Okay, and they're going to be putting on a pretty good show now. Uh, so it's going to be December 18th. It's going to be happening from 7 to 10 a.m. Oh, by the way, that's when we're on the air. And uh, wow, they're going to have, have... What a coincidence. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. They're going to have food, which is always a requirement if the Agreed. outdoor show is going to be there. Lots of fun, and they're going to have free gear, and they're going to have some buckets, which is, I think, going to be the free gear is going to be in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you'd like to go, go to our Facebook page. You can click on the link and just let them know because they kind of want to get a head count of who wants to come there. Yeah, so we're doing a live remote. And they're going to be having a, a huge Christmas sale going on at the same time. I might have to actually call off from being a producer I think that, that would be a great idea, Chris. And and hang out and ruin the party. <laughs> I think I think you want Vineyard to call eight o'clock. Um, yeah, yeah. Let Let's get Larry to call in at eight o'clock. Get everybody a chance to wake up, get a cup of coffee, and do the morning things, and and then uh, get settled in a little bit. So eight o'clock, after we do the LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week, we'll talk to Captain Larry Vineyard. Nice, and get the story of his giant. All right, let's take a break here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. When we come back, we'll do a weather and a tides right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hey, a uh, guy at uh, Consignment Boat Sales, I don't know if he still got this or not, but he had a 2016, I mean, things fly out of there quick, man. If you want to sell your boat, call Guy. At Consignment Boat Sales or go to jacksboating.com, 904-249-6225. Well, I, I say he had. I don't know if he still does because I'm telling know. you. I went the, by there yesterday and it was, you know. Things fly off the shelves there. They're coming and going. He it's had a 2016 Sportsman 207 Masters Bay powered by Yamaha 115 four-stroke. I mean, it was loaded, had a aluminum trailer. You know, so call Guy. At Consignment Boat Sales, go to jacksboating.com. You can call him at 904-249-6225. Maybe he still has it. Maybe he's got some other stuff because he gets stuff in and out all the time. Only way you're going to find out is go buy or call. Yeah, and if if you're looking to sell your boat, man, that's the guy to call. Yeah, you're trying to upgrade. Literally, that's the guy to call. There you go. You notice that? I agree. (laughs) He is the guy. All right, let's do a weather. Weather tides. You got got a weather forecast for us? I got a tide right here. You got a tide? All right, let's do a tide report. Brought to you by Angie Subs. I'm headed there today. Best subs in Jacksonville. Finest bread. Comes right out of a bakery. Doesn't get any better than that. And they do have gluten-free wraps, by the way. Hey, they have some really good salads, too. You take that scoop of that chicken salad and put it on their greens. His chicken salad is outstanding. It's outstanding. Walnuts, grapes. I like it on the Dr. Bang Scrippy with that capicola. Kind of Italian thing. Actually, the tides have changed a little bit, so we went from a 7.1 7.1 last Saturday that you and I and Steve called. And that's Jack's Beach? 
That was Jack's Beach, uh-huh. and it blew up to about nine feet by Ooh. Monday. It was bad. Enough where the guys fishing Monday and Tuesday had to cancel because they couldn't get their boats in and out of the water. Wow. Which yeah, was because just, they couldn't get in the parking lot. There's no ramp. You couldn't get down on the ramp. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so a high tide was at 3.14 a.m. this morning and a low tide at 9.28. So it's pretty mm-hmm. good morning to go out and hit it. Hit it early at 7. Um, so the You could the, fish the jetties today. You could. Yeah. I mean, you the weather's been pretty nice. I think it looks like it's about a 5.6 total. Mm-hmm. At the beach. Yeah. And so it's, right it's, now it's falling. And it's and it's normal. Yeah. I mean, for this is a normal tide because, of, you know, for example, Mayport is a 4.8 high or was a 4.8 high at about 4 a.m. Right. And a 4.8 is, that's normal for yeah. Mayport. That's perfect. So, and not then. Gonna, the falling rate's not going to be too fast. And, and what's going to happen is once it stops. With the with the high tide coming back up quick by ten, you're looking at it, a quick reverse by twelve o'clock. It's fishable all afternoon until it starts to flood up again. Yeah, you know it shut down yesterday about two o'clock. It was done. Shut down. Shut down. Okay, but the um, the important thing is that trying to give people a, an idea of of how this works. Okay, if Mayport high tide average tide is about a four point eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then a low tide is a 0.0. Yeah. Okay, so on a regular tide, you have 4.8 feet of movement right. during a normal tidal range. So today, it's the normal high, 4.8, but the low tide's like a 0.92. So right. it's about, so you're basically, you're about a foot off of movement, so a foot less. So what that means, it means that the water won't be moving as fast. Yeah, and the only thing that'll change that, like yesterday, we had a pretty stiff west wind early in the morning, which pushed it. Mm-hmm. So when it's coming straight. Yeah, the wind straight, always has an impact. When it's coming almost west, northwest, it's coming straight down the pipe at Mayport. But if, but and if it'll it's, blow the water speed, it'll increase the water speed. But if it's velocity. fairly normal, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move slower. Yeah. And, and, and why I like this, to point this out, and, and why I like to fish this is because when you go to the jetties, the current can sometimes be ridiculously hard to fish. It can be heinous. Very hard. So when the, the, the current slows down a little bit, like it can happen with today, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity to fish the rocks because the current's not moving as fast. It's a little easier to do it. Yeah. And some people may tell you, well, I don't like it that way because then it, uh, it doesn't concentrate the fish as, mu- fish as much. But for the average Joe that doesn't have great experience at fishing the rocks, it's easier to fish the rocks when the current's not honking. Well, and put that west wind in it. What it does is it calms everything down, too, mm-hmm. you know. All right, that's your uh, Tide Report brought to you by Angie Subs. Weather forecast brought to you by the Bearded Pig, the best barbecue in Jacksonville, by the way. Me and Boo, okay, oh. also known as Ron Gibson. How's he doing? He's doing great. Good. And his brother, Neil, his brother, Neil, lives up around Memphis, and uh, works for FedEx. Well, his brother Neil came in. I've never met his brother. I didn't even know he had a brother. Uh, well, he does. And uh, Neil came in, and, and they went to the Jaguars game last weekend. Oh, nice. So uh, so they need to go to all the Jaguars games now because they're good luck. Said the same thing to my <laughs> nephew. Did you? I did. I said, they, I said, you brought them luck. You need to come next week, too. Uh, so uh, uh. so after, the, after the game, we ended up meeting for dinner at the Bearded Pig. 
Nice. Yeah, and it was outstanding as always. And Neil was like, "My goodness, this is good." They had the uh, they had this platter. They had like a sample of all the different meats mm. that they put on them trays. You know, with the big oh, butcher's yeah. paper out there, and uh, and they were crushing it. But uh, yeah, it was outstanding. Uh, so uh, great job, Bearded Pig, as always. It was awesome, and that place was. Man, you want to talk about the Bills Mafia? Holy cow! There was a lot of people in there. The, really? the, the word must have got out because man, when when we got there pretty quick, and then when we were leaving, it was I already mean, covered up. It was stacked out the door. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That place was it was busy now. That's interesting. Uh, the best barbecue in Jacksonville, the Beard Pig. Uh, weather forecast. Here we go. Synopsis: A pat, patchy, dense fog expected early this morning along the coast ahead of an approaching cold front. It's coming. I know, and that's just killing me to not be in a deer stand. I mean, look at the front line. It's just uh, west of uh, Tallahassee mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. A little bit of rain in it. It's pushing this way. Yeah, we're going to have a brief surge of northwest winds in the 15 to 20 knot range, and it's uh, it's expected this evening as high pressure builds across the central Gulf Coast region. Another dry, cold front will move south across the area early Monday, mm-hmm. and then high pressure will build north of the local waters Tuesday and Wednesday resulting in east winds by midweek. What does that mean? Today? Cooler, cooler temperatures. Cooler temperatures, and uh, it's going to be lovely. It uh, kind of gets you into the Thanksgiving mood, which is not very far away. Yeah. Today, west winds 10 to 15, becoming northwest in the afternoon, seas 2 to 3 feet. Tomorrow, northwest winds 5 to 10, seas 3 to 4 feet. Monday, northwest winds 10 to 15, becoming north 5 to 10 knots in the afternoon, 3 to 4 feet. Tuesday, north winds, 5 to 10 knots, becoming northeast in the afternoon, 2 to 3 feet. I don't believe that. Uh, Wednesday, east winds, 5 to 10 knots, seas 2 to 3 feet. That's your forecast brought to you each and every week by the best barbecue in Jacksonville, and we all know that that's the beer to pig. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, Captain Kirk's got a, he's got a little fishing report that's yeah. uh, whoo. I was talking about that tide today being pretty favorable. If I hear Captain Kirk's fishing report, I, if I could go, I might be packing up right now. You might want to think about it. So you might want to think about it because uh, the bite is the bite. Start is packing it, the boat. On. Kirk's going to tell you where to go. Not exactly. No, but he'll give you an idea of what you can generalize catch. within a mile. <laughs> we'll do that right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. And, uh, folks, if you've got a garage and you're just not very happy with, this is to the to the ladies, the wives out there, you know, you're tired of your husband not cleaning the garage up. Oh, yeah. All you have to do, it's very simple, make one phone call to Shark Coatings. Yeah. Have them come out, get them scheduled. Okay, and here's what will happen. They will transform your garage with this coating that's 10 times better, maybe 30 times better than two-part epoxy. And it's going to make the garage look amazing. Well, then you have a chance to get the giant garbage bags from Home Depot yeah. or Ace Hardware. <laughs> exactly. And throw all that crap away that you don't that need anymore. Away. Throw it all away. And then guess and, what? Man. When that, garage, when that garage has that coating on the floor, you can eat off of Your it. Your husband will now go, 
Oh, yeah. Got to keep that clean. He, he will keep it clean. He will keep it organized. Yeah. It will become like an added room. It will add value to your property. Mm-hmm. So give Shark Coatings a call. Trust me, I've done it. And uh, outstanding. All right, so yesterday when I was texting our little group yep, and uh, giving Favor a hard time because there are no pictures yeah, and he hasn't given <laughs> us a report. Oh, dear reports from the state of Indiana. Yeah. I said, so where's the picture of the of the of the deer favor? Crickets. Captain Kirk sends a picture and says, Well, here I got one for you. I got dead fish. I don't have wow. a dead deer, but I got dead fish. Wow, that was a heck of a catch you guys had. Yeah, they bit good yesterday. You know, it was ironic because uh I uh, Steve had called me Thursday, I had Thursday off and he said, What are you doing? I said, Nothing. He goes, Let's go fish for just two or three hours. And he said, the water's been dirty. Nobody fished much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. A handful of people went out, but the water was dirty, really high. Um, that nor'easter really stirred everything up. We had a considerable amount of rain. And so he and I went to the shop on Thursday. When I got there, I asked Rusty, I said, hey, when are, when are the fiddlers coming in? He goes, she said this morning. So I'm standing in the shop shooting the breeze with him, waiting for Steve to show up. Bang, she shows up. Mm-hmm. Like, sweet. You know, Steve and in his infinite wisdom goes, well, I'm going to get a few quarts here. And let's just go play. What do you want to go do? And I said, I, I just want to go bend a rod. And I like eating sheephead. And I said, you know, it'd be nice to catch a few of those. Just go poke. And I swear, we went to one spot, hit the first spot. And he and I were there for two hours. And we had two limits of fish in no time flat, including redfish and a handful of other things. So I knew right then I said, the bite is on. It's it's the, the weather conditions are getting right. The tide's slowing down. Water had cleared up significantly. You had a Northwest wind yesterday morning and I just had a good feeling, you know, went and bought a couple quarts of fiddlers and got eight or 10 dozen shrimp and met the guys down there. And they said, what are we going to do? And I said, we're going sheephead hunting Uh huh. right now first. And we went to the first place didn't catch much, went to the second place, didn't catch much. And I said, we'll find him. I said, bear with me. And we hit another place out there, third place. And man, it was, it was game on for two and a half hours. Same spot. We blistered. Oh. We didn't move for two and a half. We sat there and just. What kind of water depth? Uh, we were fishing 15 to 18 feet okay. of water. Seemed to be the magic number. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of little bucks in there. We threw a handful over the side, but there were a lot of sows that weren't fully developed mm -hmm. and it didn't have big egg sacs. None of them really holding eggs now, but, man, we're seeing a lot of good quality three to five pounders. Yeah, which are the, those are the best eaters. Oh, and they fight so hard. Oh, as strong as I'll get out. Um, we had one that was probably six, you know, a couple sixes. But um, the boys were having a blast. I was having fun. We were just kind of goofing and just let, settled into the day. Wind blowing out of the northwest about, you know, five to ten. Went through two quarts of fiddlers. Good lord! And probably five dozen shrimp. Using jig heads? Just jig heads. Huh? Just throwing jigs up in the rocks, and it was pretty much nonstop. That's awesome. Uh, ringtails mixed in. Yeah, I saw the 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 ring. I was wondering what that was. I saw ringtail. Saw redfish. Uh, redfish. Which I would have thrown redfish back. We had a margate or two, and and then we had um. 
some really nice mangoes. Now that's a that's a black margate. Black margate. Okay, and then uh, mangrove mangrove snapper. Mangrove snappers. Yeah, that one was a pretty good one. There's a couple good. We ones had two in of them that were good. Yeah, they, you didn't have to measure them. You just looked yeah, they're like go. 14, oh, 15, 14, 15 inches, inches, something like that. All yeah. in the cooler. Yeah, you know, and there was there was four of us, and all these guys like to eat fish. And um, Lee had his mom likes to cook fish for the grandkids. Yeah, so he won a bag for her. So. We Perfect. had plenty to go around. That's awesome. Yeah. That uh, what pound fluorocarbon are you using? I'm I'm real particular on the the twenty. I like the twenty pound. Okay, it's my favorite. Though I'll use thirty on some of my personal rods. Yeah. But um, put forty pound floor t- fluorocarbon tippet and just a quarter ounce sheephead jig. So wait a minute, now. I'm confused here. You're using forty pound fluorocarbon? Yep. Okay. Always use forty. Now, what were you saying about twenty? You're talking about your, that's your line. That's braid. Sometimes okay, I'll put okay, twenty. I got you. I'll use twenty braid on the reel. Sometimes up, uh, no more than thirty. Right. That's and that's what I do. So I, the Stratix, I'm, most of the Stratix right now are holding twenty pound braid. Okay. I'm, I'm typically like my casting stuff. You know, I I've gotten to the point now where I like the twenty because it casts. You can literally, I mean, like throw oh, it a mile, throw a country mile. Yeah, compared to a little to the underhanded 30. pitch. You know, and it's really the What's the stuff that you're using now? It's the um, spider wire. No, we don't use the spider, not wire. spider wire. But what is it um, called? I got. I'm so pooped from yesterday cleaning all those damn fish. <laughs> I'll think of it here in a second. When you when you think of it, because the stuff that you guys, you and Kevin, are using that you guys gave me a spool of. I mean, you can cast that stuff much farther than you can oh, yeah. some of the other braids that have been out there for a while. Invisicast? No. God, I'm trying to remember the thing. Anyway, so with that, 20 pounds is like your money casting stuff. 30 pounds of like you're fishing a lot of structure, I think I would recommend. But I'm surprised you're using 40-pound fluorocarbon. I, Power I, Pro. We're using the new Power white. Power Pro. The new white Power Pro is okay. what we're using. The, I don't uh, think of the particular. The, I, I'm kind of surprised, though, that you're using 40-pound. Like I would use, and I have used, well, the forty-pound fluorocarbon leader. I use them around docks, where like so I have to. I a, know I'm going to get them around a dock. It's called Spectra Fiber. Spectra Fiber. That's Power something Pro different. Fifteen hundred. Yeah, braided. Yeah, they're okay. That's great line. All right. I like the white. Um, I'm real partial on it. I'm kind of see, but my point is, I'm kind of surprised that you're using that heavy a fluorocarbon leader. I typically will use like a twenty-five pound on the rocks in open water. I think Steve uses twenty-five on his. Yeah. Okay. But I like the heavier Somewhere in one that range. Because, I, I, you know, people will get snagged. You know, Do they make 30? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, 30 would be a really nice oh, yeah. kind of a happy place between the 25 it, and the 40. I think in any dimension you want, you know, as, yeah. as far as 10, 15. But typically, I mean, most of the times you find you got the, you know, the, the 15 and then the 20 I'm, and then I'm the just 25. I'm a, a big fan of that 40 pounds. And I love the 42. I'm with you. Like when I, when I fish the St. John's River, Kirk. Or, or if I'm fishing an area that, you know, because when I say the St. John's River, fishing docks, you know, where I anchor right. up power pole, et cetera, and I'm fighting fish to where I'm pulling them against the current and trying to pull them out from underneath of a dock, right. I'm 40 pound all the way. Okay, but like when I go for El Cheapo, when it's tournament time, and if I'm fishing mm-hmm. the open rocks, which has still got some structure and debris around the rocks. Oh, yeah. I'll go down to the 25 or 30, and I like the 30 the best, I mm-hmm. mean, for that, because it gives you just a little bit of peace of mind that you got a little bit stronger than 25. Well, the one thing I like about the Spectra Braid is it handles like monofilament. 
it's got a real limp feel to it. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't, you know, the old, you know, it's not the old Power Pro of, of 10 years ago where it got fluffy real quick. It, 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 it really, it, to me, it's, it's come a long way as far as the, the, the type of braids that have come out in the last couple of years. Yeah. It, it has a tendency not to get the wind loops in it, right. the knots and stuff like that, where you get fall off from them. If you're using a spinning reel, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta redo some of my, some of my reels because, um, you know, what you get in the habit sometimes when you put on this braided line nowadays. I mean, you might have braided this on your reel for like ten years, oh. right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, if you take good, you know, Steve Kirk, likes I using have, the green. I have reels. Seriously, I have reels that have the old, the old original Power Pro still on them. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't have any of those. Steve's using a 30 Berkeley big game leader. Okay. He likes the mono green. Okay. And he has it in a little spool right there on the dash. And so when you break it off, you just peel it off and put yeah, it on. Yeah, I, li- I like the 30. I think the 30 is like a great uh, – is a great – it's a great comp- – like for docs, though, I'm still going to 40. Right. But like for the rocks – and then you guys were around the rock kind of area, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean 30 pound, 25 or 30 pound, and you're, you're golden. My perfect setup – is the Terramar PX Shimano rod, okay, seven seven and a half footer. It's got a little rubber end on the butt. Mm-hmm. It's real whippy, and then I put a Shimano Stratic on that rod, and I'm what I'm, like a thirty five hundred. Yep, and I'm okay. good to go. Thirty five hundred or three thousand. Three thousand. Yeah. All right. So here's 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 the funny thing because when when people go sheep's head fishing. And like when I go tournament, if I have like El Chipo, which right. I love that tournament. Okay, I love catching sheep. That's my favorite fish to catch. Oh, I love it. And, too. and everybody knows that. When you go, okay, let's say how many how many fishing rods do you have inshore? Uh, <laughs> I know it's a lot. Probably twenty. Okay, so you got 20. twenty. Okay, I probably got fifteen. Yeah, something like that. Maybe 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 maybe, maybe twelve. Yeah. Okay. Out of all of those twenty rods. If you're going, if you're going to go fish the El Cheapo and you got your guys, yep. and you're taking two rod, two rods, out of those twenty rods, which two are how many? How many would you consider possibilities of taking? I'm only going to take two. No, I'm saying you only you only get two. But how many rods? How many favorite rods do you have out of that twenty? Two, probably four. Four. That's my you know? my point is is that a sheep's head rod is not like other rods. Yeah, because they're different. They're different in that. You want something that has a real soft tip, but it's a fast taper that you can get to the meat of it quick on a hook set. Well, that's what I like about those those new Shimano rods that I got, um, the uh, Terramar PX. They're real whippy on the end, very at the very at the very tip. And man, they're sensitive. If they breathe on it, and that's one it. thing that's really good about fishing with braid because it's so sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys yesterday were all using those rods with the Stratix. And they kept looking at me going, man, these reels are smooth. And I said, yeah. I said, but it's the, it's, it's the whole package. Mm-hmm. It's the rod and the reel with the braid that makes it so deadly effective. You know, they kept trading around different rods, checking out a couple of the other ones that I had and the other Shimano rods I had. And though, hands down, that was the one outfit that everybody go, you only got three of those. And I go, I know. Yeah. So, so it's, I, it's, it's I've ordered some more. And they were like, man, these are really good. And, of course, but they would break one off. I would kind of, you know, do the P game because I wanted to fish with it too. Uh-huh. And I go, here, take this one. 
Take the one I'm using right here. Take this one. Uh-huh. And I would fish with it. And I really did like it. I well, really like a whippy tip. Now, the other thing. That makes a big difference. I do like an eight-foot rod when I'm fishing eight? those rods. Yeah, yeah I love see, eight I, feet. I, I don't want that long. See, I love it. Because, man, it allows you to, if, if, if you get a nibble or a bite and your rod's kind of about midway up your chest at yeah. about 45 degrees, mm-hmm. you've got so much length on there that you can pull it left or right. And still stick them. Yeah, and I like that. I'm little seven, edge. and the reason I don't want anything more than seven is that we get around docks sometimes, and the length of it gets in the way. Well, you know what that comes from? All those years of fishing with cane poles for us. Well, yeah, well, we would use nine and ten foot cane poles, right? And drag those sheephead out of those rocks. If, if, I probably would like it better if I was out at the rocks and open water more. Yeah, but around not, the docks and stuff. Yeah, it's not for it's just for the rocks now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. And we come back, uh, we might end up moving up the LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week, Chris. Is that that's possible? M- no. Maybe? Chris said no. Okay, we can't do that. We'll wait. And then sure, we're going to get boy. Captain Larry Minyard. Yeah, he's coming in 8 o'clock at the, hour. Uh, the 8 o'clock hour. So, uh, so hang tight, folks. Uh, you're listening the to the uh, Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. And just don't forget now, if you uh, need a piece of equipment, Coastal Equipment on New Kings Road and in McClenny is the home of Kubota. Gravely zero-turn mowers, hot seat pressure washers, and all the steel power equipment. And they do a great job with parts. So Coastal Equipment, two locations to serve you. And you're listening to 1010XL 92.5 FM. So guess what? At the Claude Nolan Cadillac, they've got they've got a truck for you. Okay, used 2018 Ford F-150 XLT two-wheel Ooh. drive Super Crew, five and a half foot box on the back. Okay, seventy-seven hundred miles. What? Yep. Seventy-seven hundred miles. All right, I'm interested. Keep okay. talking. Somebody. This thing and just parked it. They didn't use it. Automatic yeah, the- transmission, and it's my favorite color silver, gray interior. Okay. Uh, let's see what the price is 38867 Wow. That will last today. That'll okay. be on today. Hey, y'all just give me a shot, would you? Claude Nolan Cadillac. How about that? Uh, it's got uh, all the bells and whistles on it now. I'm looking at all the different things that they got. And hey, Claude Nolan Cadillac, uh, 4700 Southside Boulevard. Can't can't miss it, man. And you know, um, you know, you know how Kevin talks about uh, calling this guy Steve, yeah, over there, and you know him finding vehicles, mm-hmm. you know, for for his family and and all that. Well, I've got Steve on the case now. So yeah. I've, got a, I, tell him. I've got a I've got a daughter. Shopping. Yeah, I've got a daughter. She's uh, getting ready to uh, oh, hit man. the roads, and yeah. Uh oh. Well, you spent yeah. some money there, Chris. Tell me about it. Oh man, I'm looking at the pictures of this thing. It's got uh, it's got the, the bed liner. It's got like a bed cap on it too, like a like a little. Um, and I'm not exactly sure which one is because I don't have a really good picture of it. But you can see that it has like a bed. The thing that goes across the top of the bed, and it might be f- fabric or panels, like or something a tonneau like cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but it's not like the camper shell. Yeah, Kirk, yeah. I'm not. I'm not even thinking about that truck for her. 
No, no, that's give the, her your car. No, the truck's for me. You get the truck. Yeah, give her your car. See, I, I like the way you think. Hmm. Come on, she Claude. Drive that Ford around. A pretty Ford parked. Come up on, there. Claude. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Hook a brother up, Mark Helmick. I know you're listening. Oh yeah. Okay. And my question is this, and I expect a text. Oh, okay? here it comes. Oh, it's coming. Who's Claude Nolan? I would imagine Claude's gone on to that parking lot in the sky. Well, I want to confirm that. That's probably his grandfather or something like that. I, 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 want, to, I, want, to, I want to know, okay? Was it, was it uh, uh, from the mom's, mom's side of the family? I mean, how, how does that work? Because he's, Mark is a Helmick, right. okay? Right. Okay. His dad's a Helmick, right. I'm assuming. Right. I mean, that's, Might be a granddad. Right? Well, okay. That, yeah, it kind of makes sense. So, yeah. My question, Mark. Okay. Who is Claude Nolan? I want to. I want to get the history, the story of Claude Nolan. All right. So, we will have an answer here shortly. We better have one. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be hell to pay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy! So this week I had a, I had a couple really good sits, and uh, the ride is still going on in Georgia. And uh, I had a I had an interesting sit the first morning that I went out, and I've got a stand that's on on a creek, and it's uh it's on a, an area that's got a little opening by the creek, right? And got out pretty early. Scotty Brown was up there, and so it was me, Scotty, and Gerald. And nice when it started to crack daylight a little bit, I heard a turkey behind me. Goblin? No. Just button. Oh, yeah. It's real soft, kind of. Walking around. Yeah. And then, uh, and, you know, it's, it's still, like, really dark. And then I caught a glimpse of a buck. Nice. And But it was, like, still, all I could see is big body buck, you know, antlers. Oh, you know, and it was a, a pretty good ways off. So, I'm hopeful. You know, I'm like, oh, man. You know, some of those mornings when you see that right first thing, it's like fishing. Oh, yeah. You know, when you go out fishing and you catch one right away, what are you thinking? Oh, it's going to be on. Okay, what's the other thing you're thinking? I'm getting one. I'm going to get screwed, and this is the last fish I'm going to catch. <laughs> I mean, have you not had days like that where you just oh, go yeah. out there and you catch one right away, and then it's just it's Never dead? get another fish. Never get another fish. Get you're another like, what? Bite. So I saw that, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be one of two things. Either it's going to be a real precursor to a really good morning, or it's going to be you know, the last thing I see all morning. That's too funny. So... <laughs> So then there were some other turkeys that were off, kind of out in front of me left. So I had this one behind me, and it sounded like just a single. Didn't sound like there was any. And they'd already pitched? No, they were still up the tree. Still up the tree. Okay. And uh, the one that was off in front of me somewhere off the left, and all of a sudden, the ones that were out in front of me that I couldn't see, all of a sudden, one of them, like, skips trees. He flies from one tree to another. Now I pick them up. Oh, yeah. I see them. And then when it switches trees, it does it to kind of get near a little opening. And when it gets near that opening, this turkey starts to call that's out in front of me. Mm. And the one behind me was just like going, chup, 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 chup. And, you know, kept doing that for a while earlier. Well, then that one, that one in, fl- in front changed trees and then got vocal. Mm. The one behind me was like, oh, yeah, there you are. And then all of a sudden, the one behind me pitched down and, and Kirk, I swear, it flew from about me to to the wall behind you away, which is what, 10 feet? 10 feet. It went by me because I'm in a ladder stand on an, on an oak tree that's kind of it's kind of brushed in with the branches coming off this oak. Right. 
and this thing came by me probably was about 10 feet away. Oh, and all you heard cool. was all wings, all yeah. wings. Yeah. And it goes by and then literally it goes right over to where that other one was at and lands right at the base of the tree. Oh, cool. And that was cool. And then all of a sudden more turkeys started gathering where that one went to. And so then they all kind of moved off. <clears throat> and then I could see them later on. They gathered with a few other turkeys and there was a gobbler. And there was actually multiple gobblers. And one of the gobblers oh, wow. was in full strut and chasing them around. And oh, it was, really? Yeah, so I got entertained watching these turkeys and then gobbler chasing some other turkeys around, and he's in full strut. And uh, and then a little while later, I heard something. It sounded like an airplane was getting ready to land. And literally seven or eight wood ducks came almost the exact same path as that turkey and then, but landed in the water in the creek right in front Whistling. of Whistling. I mean, a Kirk, two wood ducks make a loud whistling noise when they're flying. Not like they're not making any sound with yeah. their mouth. It's just the air going through their wings. Mm-hmm. But when you put seven or eight of them in a group and they're coming right by your head. Yeah. It's loud. It's a, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. It was that was cool. And then they do their little screaming thing. And then they, well, they didn't do that. That was the kind of thing. Yeah, that was. I was kind of expecting that, but I had heard that off in the distance. But when they came by my head, it was just all wings, no, no talking, no nothing. And that was that was cool. So I mean, talk about great experiences. You know, you get to see cool things like that when you're yeah. in the woods. You can't see that on a couch. Yeah, but I didn't see. I didn't see a big buck, or I saw a little buck, and saw a couple does, and I'm good with that as long as I'm entertained. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I like to be entertained. I find it very relaxing, and you get get a chance to uh, do some self thinking. You know, meditation. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to do an LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week, and we're going to talk to Captain Larry Minyard and hear about his biggest buck ever in the land of giants. That would be Illinois. And don't forget, folks, if you got a boat trailer, Stack M Storage, they can handle it. All you got to do is give them a call, and they'll come pick it up. Store it for you, and when you need it, they'll bring it back to you. And also take care of the trailer itself while it's gone to make sure that when you get it back, it's serviced and ready to go. Stack M Storage. Go to the homepage of OutdoorShow.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, click on Stack M Storage, and there you go. And if you'd like to join in this morning, 904-641-1010. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Jeff Logman, Captain Kirk Waltz. And uh, we can bring Captain Larry Minyard up for the LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Jeff. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Sitting right. here having a cup of coffee and getting ready to do yard work. All right. Well, we're, we're going to give you a reason to not do yard work yet. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so this week's Gear Tip of the Week, Larry, I wanted you to, to chime in on this, too, because... Uh, I don't know. It was a while ago. I, I got a silicone ring, you know, okay, a right. wedding band. Right. And right. it was from Groove Life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you buy something from somebody, a lot of times, then you get on your or on their email list. And, and then so, they bombard you. Yeah, they, they, they can give you yep. a lot of emails. Yep. And hey, so, <laughs> Chris, Larry, and Kirk, I, 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 I get this thing that says, hey, you know, we've got these cool belts. Like, all right. I said, well, that looks kind of interesting. And the reason it kind of kind of tweaked my interest a little bit was it came in my favorite color, which was mossy oak bottomland camo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so 
I was like, all right, you know, that's pretty cool. And I wonder how this thing is. So I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna try it. So I buy it. And it turns out to be, by far, the best belt I've ever had. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, wow. I did the same thing. I was doing something on Facebook, and it popped up in my feed. And I was like, that's interesting. It's a magnetic buckle. It's it's weird, Larry. It's Larry, you remember back in the day when Boy Scouts used to have those belts and you know, and and I wasn't a Boy Scout, but I always like, you know how I like those belts, you know, because yeah. they were kind of cloth, the straps and adjustable. Yeah. Right. Right. And then okay. they had like that little bar in they, the buckle that would exactly. slide into the belt. Slide, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you could adjust it, which is, you know, that was always cool because, you know, right. you sometimes you eat big, sometimes you don't. Yep. So <laughs> when I saw this, I started thinking of the Boy Scout belt, which I actually had one when I was younger, and it was my favorite belt. Yep. So I get this belt, Larry, and it's Mossy Oak Bottomland, and it's got a metal clip. It literally, you when you put it together, it, it snaps together like literally like like magnets, and uh-huh. it's fully adjustable, yep. and it's a strap. And do you have yours on, Kurt? I got it on. He does. He's got it on. Yeah. Oh, look out! And belt's coming undone, it's baby. It's totally adjustable, but the best part is oh, yeah. once you get it adjusted and snug to your waist, Larry, when you like sit down, it actually has a little elasticity. A little, not a lot, but it's got a little elasticity to it to where it doesn't bind on you. Yeah, and the thing I like about it too is not only that, it's it's the fact that it bends a little bit top to bottom. So where a thick leather belt doesn't doesn't have any give. It pinches you if you sit down. If you got a little Dunlaps. Dunlap disease. And we all starting to get a little bit of that there. Everybody's got a little Dunlap. You know? Right, Larry? I mean, you know. Some more than others. Yep. All right, there's That's some right. people out there that are going, what is what is Dunlap? Yeah. Okay. Dunlap disease is where your belly's done lapped over your belt. That's right. Yeah. And girls, y'all are as guilty as we are now. Hey, hey I tell you, you're talking about the Boy Scout uh belts and all that's what i use hunting my only complaint is with the one that has the bar that you have to you know tighten up that's right Mm -hmm. Uh, i use that for hunting all this uh last couple weeks here but man during the time you're moving around uh doing stands or whatever mine and maybe maybe it's wore out just loosens up on me so i'm i'm constantly having to re- tighten it, yeah. tighten it, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, Larry, we so, we, we have we have solved your problem. Man, I need a couple of those. I bought I'm a couple, telling you. and I'm telling you what, it's just okay. So Kirk, nice. how many do you have? I've got three of them. Okay, what colors? Oh, wow. I've got the mossy oak. I've got a gray one, and I've got a black one. Okay, I'm I wearing have, the gray one right now. I have four. I have because I bought. Of course, the, you do. I, well, I bought the camo first, right? And then mm-hmm. I just like this is the greatest ever and so then i bought you're a hoarder i bought no i bought a khaki to wear mm-hmm. with, with your dress pants with your cat well my khaki shorts yep. or, or khaki dress pants and then i got a black to wear with my black jeans or my black dress pants and right. then i bought a brown to wear with jeans yeah and and larry it's and literally i took all my other belts and i threw them away yeah well i need i need the link to that for and, sure that it, boy. it's on our facebook page and what do they okay. go for now uh, I think they're about sixty dollars a piece, and I think you can 59. get a, yeah, they're like in the fifty, sixty dollar range, something like that. And it, and is it is no joke. It's the best belt that I have ever worn, and I love the mossy oak bottomland. That's the one I use for hunting. But well, that then, was, what was yeah, weird. Day, when I bought the first one, it was just on a fluke. 
I didn't know anybody that had one. Me either. I've never seen one. It's funny that me and you kind of came to the same conclusion. We, came in here we one never day even and I was talking going, about hey, it. Jeff, you seen this belt? He goes, yeah, I know. I got one too. I got and one I was too. Like, wow. <laughs> and we were comparing belts like two, you know, two, two buffoons here in the studio. But it was ironic. I bought it and I, I wore the first time. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get another one. And I'm looking. I'm looking here, Larry. It says uh, four interest-free payments at at, and this is off of GrooveLife.com. Uh, so I get so you get twenty percent if you're a veteran. You get twenty percent off, and then uh, so it's like around sixty dollars. And then it also says or four interest-free payments of sixteen twenty-four. So right. I think they're on sale right now. So check them out, folks. Groove Life. Yep. Groove life. Groove life. And and if you think, you know, if you're one of those people like I used to be, uh, no way. I'm just, I, I'm, go, I'm going to Wally World and I'm getting me a $10 belt. <laughs> um, you won't buy a belt forever if you invest in a good belt. That's well, the, correct. Well, the cool thing about this belt, too, is when you buy it, you can, you can make it longer, shorter. It comes long, and all you got to do is cut the webbing and then take a lighter and just burn the end it. of it. Oh, cauterize it. Melt it. Yep. Cauterize the exactly. end of it. And you need to stretch it out a little bit more, stretch it out a little bit more. Yeah, and so if you're smart and, and you realize that, okay, the Dunlop disease is going to get a little progressively worse the older you get, weeks. you'll leave yourself a little a bit little, of room. A little bit of growth room. <laughs> and, Larry, I just sent you the link, too, by the way, on your – I was going to thank you, Jeff. Via, via text. I appreciate it. All right, so, hey, so, so you, you've had, from what I understand, I mean, well, I was – I've been on a sabbatical. Ask Kirk to text you uh, to uh, to give us the the Illinois story. Little little notes to me that you've been on a sabbatical for months. <laughs> well, I was in. Uh, I was, yeah, I guess so. I was in um, um, Wyoming for um, six weeks or so, elk hunting, and uh, and you we had a fantastic hunt out there on public land. Um, uh, the group that I was with, we killed five bulls on public land, guiding ourselves, and uh, that's awesome. It was just as good as it gets, man. It was incredible, and uh, so then came and came back and worked for <laughs> three or four weeks, and then headed to uh, to uh, Illinois, the place to go up there every year. My hunting now is, you know, when I used younger, I hunt every week or weekend somewhere, but now it's down at my age. I'm down to just a couple trips, and I just try to make a couple good trips with the opportunity to to do something good. And uh, this time, it finally came together for me on this one. You know, so uh, yeah, excited and uh, my biggest buck ever. And so I right. don't know what can you say. All right, so uh, we're going to take a break, Larry, and then we come back. Now I want to get into the into the stories, okay? I want, okay. I want I want the whole story. I want to, like, stand selection, where you're at. We don't have to give us the exact, you know, place, but kind of general location. And I want to go oh, back to that first trip that you had. So, uh, Larry, hang tight, uh, folks. We're going to okay. take a break here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show and just got a text from uh, uh, Mr. David at Tire Outlet, okay? Their 13th Tire Outlet store at Durban Park. Doing great. Uh, congratulations to them and their uh, 14th overall Merrill Road is going to be opening up on December 15th. I was wow. there on Wednesday and got right? an oil change. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, uh, folks, uh, Tire Outlet, they do more than just tires. But if you need tires, that's the place to go. If you need a lift kit on your 1994 Toyota, I'm your Huckleberry. There you go. Tire Outlet. 
you need an oil change, Kirk? Hey, and they even have location at the beach now. They bought DeSalvo Tire. Tire Outlet. So you got Tire Outlet right there at Jack's Beach. Tire Outlet. Wholesale well, prices, premium service. Oh, tire Outlet. With that, we'll take a break. CNH Marine Construction, if you got a little piece of waterfront heaven, it can really become heaven. If CNH Marine Construction, picture boathouse, dock, bulkhead, boat lift, they do it all at CNH Marine Construction. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Captain Larry Minyard joining us via the phone line. He's back in Jacksonville area and uh, after spending some couple trips away. So, so Wyoming, where, where did, what did you hunt in Wyoming, Larry? Uh, we hunt uh, in Dubois, Wyoming, which is about 90 miles. Let me get it right here. It would be north, north, uh, east, no, oh, 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 oh. northeast of Jackson Hole. Okay. Okay. And um, so um, a friend of mine oh, lived here forever, Captain Brad Reed, and uh used to be the taxidermist here and all. He moved out there or has a place out there. And uh, we have hunted out there for years with him. And um, we kind of did this on our own this year. And uh, it worked out real, real well. Of course, I've been hunting out there for quite a few years. I've killed four or five elk out there. And, uh, and but this, this one went really well. Uh, Captain Tony Bazella was hunting with me and, and uh, my brother, and um, uh, some friends we have from Illinois and North Carolina, and we all, uh, out of about seven of us, five of us killed bulls. Wow. The problem is, Jeff, I mean, we only get picked every three or four years because it's so popular, so that was probably my last trip out there. By the time it comes around for me to go again, I'll probably be too old to be climbing those mountains and all. Yeah, uh, you'll be good. I don't know. We're we're hunting at uh, eight to ten thousand feet, you know. Ooh. So it is something else, you know. And then you kill one, you got to pack it out. And woo, buddy, it's rough. Can you can you use horses or ATVs when you pack out? Well, some of the areas you can't use ATVs. Some you can, uh, whether it's wilderness area or not. And uh, um, some of the areas are too rugged to get uh, an ATV in. They people do use horses, of course. When you come from back here, I mean, you can hire somebody to contact and pack the thing out. But we just uh, we just debone it, debone in the woods, cape it out, uh, you know, tote the head out, and and uh, on Tony's bull, I, I pack meat for eleven miles. That's pretty oh. rough, seventy year old guy. <laughs> we made three trips and, and ended up being over 11 miles <clears throat> packing it out. The one I shot was fairly close to the road with an easy pack out. So, I mean, it can be brutal or it can be, you know, fairly easy, but I mean, you're carrying myself. All I can carry is about 50 to 70 pounds of meat at a time. Some of the guys were carrying a hundred pounds, but I can't do that. And, uh, wow. you know, and the terrain and all you, you, uh, you earn it. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I'm once the once the elk's down, that's when the work really starts. Larry, you've you've been uh, an outdoorsman your whole life, and uh, have been able to experience you know from elk hunting to turkey hunting to whitetail hunting. And I've heard people say this, and uh, and I've never been able to experience it for myself. I mean, between 
you know, work commitments in the fall with football, et cetera. I just, I just don't get to do it. And I've heard mm-hmm. people tell me this, that the greatest thing to hear in all of the outdoors is to hear the Rocky Mountain elk bugling in the, in, in the, in the early fall. Is that oh. what you found? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the most thrilling. Just, I know we all turkey hunt, and if you have never elk hunted, but people that turkey hunt, and you get a gobbler in there about, you know, 15, 20 yards from you and just blows, gobbles, and goes crazy. Well, an elk is like a 700-pound turkey, and <laughs> you, get, you get one there that's 20, 30 yards from you and just lets out a full-on bugle, but it make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It is awesome. There's nothing that I've experienced uh, in hunting like it. And, I mean, it's addicting. Once you do it, you want and – it's, and it's very difficult. It took my brother 11 years to get his first elk. It took Tony nine years to get his first elk. It's, but there, there are people that go with outfitters and all and kill them the first year. But when you do it on your own, we right. do all the calling. We do all, everything on our own. I mean, it is – it is super hard, but it is super rewarding. And how many elk uh, have you taken in your life? Five. Five, I and then did you, did, you, did you get one this past year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Kurt has the pictures. We all yeah. killed. That was your I best one, wasn't it, Larry? I, got, I, was, I think I got that picture. Beautiful. Yeah, I sent it to you, yeah. Yeah, no, that wasn't my best one, but that was a good one. It wasn't my best one. but uh, well, tell, us, tell us the story on that one. The, uh, of your elk this year? My elk this year, we had already gotten Tony's, and Tony was actually calling for me, and, and, uh, and we were cow calling and all. We'd, been, we'd heard this bull right off the road, the main, one of the main roads uh, in an area that we hunt, and um, we just kind of set them. My bull was a satellite bull. The one I was after, Jeff, was enormous. Really? And, it took us a day or so, and he was in the pretty much the same area. But I tell you, those the bulls that when they get up at some age on them, um, you have to do everything. I mean, it's like Brad used to tell me: it takes ten things to go perfectly right. Every you know, if you <laughs> to to score on them. I mean, there's 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 a list of, 12, of ten things. I mean, one goes wrong, you're screwed. Right. You know? so, um, it's just like anything else. The winds, the winds are really radical out there, but, uh, can, <clears throat> can kill you. But anyway, we got on this bull. We knew he was there a day or two. The winds were right. We heard him bugle. We went in on him and I saw the giant one. And when you start, if you can call too much and we probably called too much, what happens that herd bull rather than fight, will turn around and take the cows, his cows and just take off with them. Mm. You have to be within a certain uh, perimeter for him to want to challenge you, uh, which is hard to do when there's, you know, 10 or 15 cows, a lot of eyeballs. But anyway, this one headed up the hill, but there was, and when it gets close to the rut, there's satellite bulls. The one I killed was a satellite bull. And uh, so you start still continue calling and that satellite bull thinks that some cows have gotten broken away from the other one and when i drew my bow on this one the first time i drew my bow he was facing me at about seven or eight yards oh my, oh my gosh God. you must yeah, have freaked he, he charged right in uh <sighs> just coming to the cow calls the herd bull had already started moving the cows off we started cow calling 
doing an estrus cow call and and he just charged right in thinking he was going to get a cow that was away from the main herd anyway he comes running actually running straight at me i'm behind a blowdown dead tree and i was at i saw him coming i got it full draw and the not the perfect shot would be to shoot him head on but at at seven yards, I'm a good enough archer that I could have put it perfect. And, and, I, and, and I've heard Larry, too, and, and I actually saw a show, and it was from Bowhunter TV, and it was the, the guy that always gives the tips, and uh, not right. M.R. James, but the, I mean, he's like the most highly respected Bowhunter there is. Right. He actually talked about the frontal shot, and he said that at close range, he said it's probably more deadly than a broadside shot. It is. I would never take one at 20 yards of pass, but I mean, you get with the elk and the way the conditions are, sometimes you get shots at five, seven yards. I mean, if you're an accomplished archer, you should be able to hit exactly where you want there, and it is a deadly shot. They usually don't go anywhere. The problem is, if you're off a little bit, then you get nothing but muscle and stuff in the neck and all, Right. and, and of course, the, the, the elk will probably survive that but but if you make the perfect shot he goes down only thing is you have no blood trail so if it's perfect you see him go down if it's not you've got some work to do and uh, the thing out there jeff and kurt is i mean you're in millions of acres you know you don't mm-hmm. have a blood trail once you lose sight of that animal um it can go in a thousand different directions you know so yeah it's very important that you make a good shot and um also penetration on the shoulder of an elk is like shooting an arrow into a brick wall i mean you you you're just 95 percent of the time you're not going to get enough to kill the animal and and just wound them so your shot placement has to be perfect you know good yeah so you're at full draw and he's staring at you now what <laughs> He stares at me, Jeff, and of course, you got your range finder, and I've already ranged some stuff when I was in there before and knew the ranges of some different trees and blowdowns and yep. stuff. Yep. And I'm at full draw, and he stops skids and looks straight at me. And without hes- I'm just getting ready to release, but without hesitation, he knew something was wrong, so he just turns instantly and starts trotting off and he gets out there to about 30 yards to where I'd ranged before. And I cow called him by, with my mouth. I cow called him. He stopped perfect double long shot. He probably didn't go, you know, 60 yards and was down. <laughs> wow. Oh man. Great. Yeah. Wow. Great story. And here's the thing we're going to put, Chris is going to put the picture up. Kirk, Kirk just sent just Chris the picture. Yeah. We'll put it up on, uh, on our Facebook page and, you're saying that this is a satellite bull, but this is a big six by six elk. I mean, this is uh, most people. Oh, yeah. would, if this is a satellite bull, I would love oh. to have seen that herd bull. Well, that's what I'm telling you. The herd bull was, you know, 300, uh, 330, something like that, way up there. Wow. It was a giant animal. And to give but people an smart. idea, the her- the herd bull is he's the dominant male, and so he's got all the girls. Satellite bull, he's trying to cruise around and maybe pick up a girl here or there to pick off one from a herd bull. Mm. That's so. exactly right. The herd bulls start collecting 
cows. And I mean, they might have four or five cows. They might have 30. You, you just don't know, you know I mean? And what happens is, like I mentioned before, those ones that get really big, really wise, the only way you can get to challenge them is you get inside the cows in there and you challenge them and then he'll come and fight. If you were challenging him, bugling to him, or challenging him from, from uh, you know, 50 yards, 100 yards away, he's smart enough to know I'm not going to fight. Because when he fights with the not, and we did, we did see three of them. The one that Tony killed was fighting. Three of them were fighting. And, uh, but I'll, that's a, another story. But anyway, um, what they do is they just herd up their cows and start driving them deeper into the mountains and whatever but when the rut gets close it's not uncommon for there to be you know three or four or five satellite bulls hanging around out there and as one of those cows gets cut off from the rest of that herd that satellite will rush in there and cut him cut her out of the pack and drive her off and have his own girlfriend Mm -hmm. that's the way it works he's trying to steal a girl (laughs) just just like the rest white tails you know there'll be a bunch of them following one one uh one doe in heat you know so we we just put up the picture of larry and his bull on our facebook page so folks can check that out we're going to take a break now can you hold on larry and, and tell us about the, the white tail we're just holding them. you don't want to do any yard work <laughs> Absolutely, but All right, man. We, I really want to hear this story. Yeah, I want to hear this so, so when we come back here on the nimnik buick gmc outdoor show we're going to hear the story from Illinois, from the great outdoorsman living the dream, Captain Larry Minyard, right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Steenhatchee River Club, you want to have a little getaway and not very far away. It's Steenhatchee River Club in Steenhatchee, by the way. Not very far of a drive, but... Uh, they got great access to the water, right on the water. You can rent a cabin. You can rent boats. You can enjoy the great fishing that Steen Hatchie has to offer. And also during the summertime, the great scalloping. So you can give them a call at 352-498-3222. Or you can go to the homepage of OutdoorShow.com, scroll on down and click on their link on the bottom of our homepage. And uh, welcome back to the Nimic Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Captain Larry Minyard joining us via phone. We just went to uh, Wyoming with him. And... Heard the story of a, a satellite bull that Larry, most people would consider this a, a herd bull. I mean, that was outstanding, outstanding elk. And uh, this is not your best elk. When was your best elk? Oh, I guess it was probably, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't remember the year, but probably six or seven years prior to that. Yeah. I killed a giant five by five. Um, that's mounted and i've killed uh uh two six by sixes and the others have been you know four by four stuff like that but but um uh, the six by sixes did not have the mass of the five by five um i think kurt's probably maybe seen that at yeah, my that's house. The one at the house it, hanging on the wall yeah it is in the nor it was an enormous bodied elk uh brad mounted for me at that time it was the second largest comfort's neck that he'd ever mounted on an elk uh, but the horns it's only five by five but they're super big mass so it's a it's a beautiful and it was my first big one so uh um 
This this one was a good one though, but I'm I'm skull mounted. I'm not. Uh, yeah, that'll be beautiful though. What uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people are wondering what a skull mount is. We talked a little bit about this last week. A skull mount or a European mount where they they take all the hide and the flesh, et cetera, off of the skull, and then they, they you can bleach it, yep. and uh, or you can actually do it. There's like a white wood stain on it. It's it, it's a beautiful. That's what I'm doing with all my dear. Way to kind of relive the stories yeah. through the years. So. Yep. So you come back from Wyoming, and you're uh, soon departing for Illinois. And so how many years have you been going to Illinois? Uh, who do you go with, and where do you go? Okay, well, this we go to a place called Creel Springs, which is about an hour um, north of the Kentucky bur- uh, border, uh, not way up into Illinois. But, um, I mean, it's the home of big bucks up there, buddy. I mean, I've had seen so many big bucks and messed them up and you know didn't get shots and got busted and this and that and whatever but you know sooner or later it all comes don't get me wrong we've killed you know last year my son tony and myself all killed deer that were in the high 140s all the same year um but you know it's real funny um i'll go ahead and tell you a friend of mine uh keith wingard lives here his brother-in-law um, Mike Bider lived up there. Um, and Keith kept telling me, well, this guy, he's got a man. He's on, he's got great property up there in Illinois and all one, one day is funny. I had a Jack Del Rio out and we come back to the dock and here's Keith and his brother-in-law. And, and of course, you know, they're impressed with Jack being there and all that from, you know, fishing. And we all talked and everything. And then when Jack left, uh, um, Keith goes, well, I want you to meet my brother-in-law. And he said, I want you to come up and hunt with me. But <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, Jeff, and listen now. Yeah, don't uh, say it if you don't mean it, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. And I hear, as being a guide, and, and Kurt will testify this, you hear so much of that stuff on the boat. You know, I don't know if they want you to put them on better fish. I don't know why our job is to do that anyway. So right. don't be telling me that if you're not going to come through with it. I've had that happen so many times, you know. Yep. So. I kind of blow it off. You know, I said, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hunt somewhere where there's big bucks and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, so sure enough, he called, he lost his, he calls us and he goes, I want you to come up there. So I invited Kurt, me and Kurt went up yep. and he had lost his main lease. Uh, getting property up there is, is real tricky and people will outbid you and this and all. So he lost his main lease, but, He's lived up there all his life. He ended up with, we had a hundred acres, me and Kurt, to hunt on. And sure enough, we ended up killing some nice deer that time. At that time, that was the biggest one that I'd ever killed. It was probably about 130 inches. And, uh, but as it happened, um, I don't know, he lost that place and this and that. So in the midst of it, um, Captain Tony had a client that said, Hey, will you, you can come up and hunt on this 300 acres we have up here. And Tony called me and invited me to do that. So we did that. And we went up there and hunted. And then the next year, Mike calls me and goes, man, I've got some other property from, he, he sells, he sells, he works for Larson, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And they deal with all the farmers, with all the uh, nuts, bolts, implements, all kinds of stuff. And so he has a lot of connections. And 
make a long story short, we ended up with 1,700 acres, which is a huge chunk of land up there um, to hunt on. And it had been hunted by an outfitter and all, but they had problems, so they took it away from them. So we ended up with permission to hunt up there. Um, We went up, and Jeff, when I tell you this, it was like Jurassic Park for deer. I mean, they were deer everywhere. And I'll tell you one story. The first hunt that I ever hunted there, scouted, got there in the morning, scouted, and I found a natural mineral lick. Oh, boy. And when I say a natural mineral lick, what it was, you, you, you can imagine the minerals up there and all, because it's all cropland. Um, they were under drought conditions, and, and the water had dried up in this creek and left one mud hole. Um, and there was a thousand deer tracks in that mud hole. And I, mm, oh wow. my God, wow. in this creek. I mean, it was something like I've never seen. Mind you, this is the first day on the property. I get up in the stand. I said, well, I'm going to hunt on this. I get up in the stand. Ten bucks, ten different bucks came to that mud hole, sometimes two and three bucks together, and would eat the mud. Never seen anything like it. Lick and eat the mud. And there were three, and I got ready to shoot this ten point. It was probably 130, and I couldn't get a shot at it and all, and, and it was getting darker and our light dark getting towards evening and, and sun was down and getting darker and darker. There were three bucks, big bucks. I mean, fairly big bucks in this mud hole. And all of a sudden I just see them scatter. Boom. And I'll start looking and here comes a 148 point out and he <laughs> runs them all out of the mud hole and he sits there and he's eating the mud and I'm going, Oh my gosh, please quit doing that and come up here to the crop field, you know, headed up. And sure enough, he walks under me at five yards and the first deer to first sit in there, I kill a 148. Gosh. (laughs) That's the way that went down. But anyway, this hunt, like I said, we've been up there. Now we know the the land real good, had incredible opportunities. I, I had a 180 to 200 class walk five yards from me at full draw and I could not shoot. Uh, and I did, and I did have buck fever, something awful, but <laughs> oh, um, how could you not? Oh yeah. It, it was impressive and it was non-typical. It had 10 inch, 12 inch drop times here and there oh. and just stuff going everywhere. And it walked to me. I grunted him in. And when he came to me, he came to me face on. And I was in a little bitty ladder stand where the pad, it was the last day that we, last afternoon we were hunting and we had already pulled all my other stands and it was one of these that you can't move your feet, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, once you get settled, you, yeah. and when, when I grunted to this buck, he comes straight at me like on a string and he stops 20 yards behind this tree and all I could see was one giant side of the rack in his ear and he's looking for this buck and so I'm standing there, and I thought I was in a good position. When he starts walking, he starts walking directly at me. So nothing but a brisket, a front, a frontal shot, and there were bushes. So I was at full draw waiting for him, 
and he keeps coming right at me, right at me, right at me. At five yards, he walks under me, but still had stuff. I could have blasted him, but, man, on the buck that big, I didn't want to, you know, mess him up. Yeah, shoot the pooch. And he just walks right on by me, and if you're an archer, if you can't move your feet, I couldn't move my feet or he'd see me. I tried to swing with him <laughs> pretty soon. As he walked by, I couldn't get my peak or my release to my face because I had turned at such a weird angle. So I tried to adjust my feet. And of course, he sees me and he's gone. Ugh. So, I mean, it was like the hmm. buck of a lifetime. I would have quit hunting if I had shot him. No, you wouldn't have. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> but I know how you feel. That would have been exhilarating. How, and what do you think that one scored, Larry? I would say that he was probably scored close to 200 inches. Oh! 100, 190 to 200. I mean, oh. it was something that was beyond belief. Hey, really. credit to you, though, for not taking the shot. Yeah. I mean, knowing that it wasn't a good shot, because there's a lot of people out there, Larry, that would have let it fly. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, and I, <laughs> I tell you, when I sit in that stand again, I was a bit, that's all I think about is that buck that came by me like that, and I'm going... And, and, and I guess, you know, I look at it and I see the trees and the bushes that are still there that I would have had to shoot through. And, you know, it would have been, I, at one time I could have shot through some stuff and it would have been a quartering to me shot. And on a big buck, it's just like those elk. I don't want to hit him in the shoulder. I couldn't have got the penetration then. Yeah. And anyway, that's the way it goes. But now getting back. Do we have time to keep going? Let's take a break. Let's take a break, and then we're going to come back, and then we'll finish the story up in Illinois. I mean, because this is awesome. Yeah, I want to hear this. I mean, the experience to see what you're talking about, which is literally it's a buck of many lifetimes, and uh, and to to not be able to shoot because of the stand and to not take the shot. I mean, that's all awesome stuff. And I just want to mention that to people because, you know, hunters always want to make sure that that, that taking of the animal, it's, it's ethical and it's proper. And so for having the restraint, the yep. self-restraint to do that, credit to you, Larry, and uh, and most hunters uh, feel the same way and, and will act the same way, but there are some that won't, and uh, yeah. I appreciate you for doing that. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back with Captain Larry Minyard, and we're going to go back to Illinois and hear the story of the buck that he does get, which is his personal best ever, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome to Moe's Southwest Grill in St. Augustine. If you want to have some great food, Moe's has it. And uh, their queso and chips. Oh, buddy. All right, we're welcoming Captain Larry Minyard back on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. And, Larry, last week we we had uh, Brother Dave call in, Brother Dave Schulte. And he was actually telling us a story. And you probably didn't hear this because you were probably still up in uh, Illinois coming back. But he was up in Illinois. It's kind of a do-it-yourself hunt with an outfitter yeah and so just to give you a quick story and we we posted uh, uh dave actually uh got a great deer himself so the first day that he was up there hunting in illinois he goes and hunts this uh, ladder stand that was already up on the property they brought stands you know to hang and you know kind of the first day you're on a piece of property you kind of want to just go hunt and sit and see and then you kind of figure out where you're going to go the first morning he said it's at pitch dark and he hears people, and his buddy and him are hunting this piece of land that was told to, for, by them to the outfitter, this is where you can go, this is where some stands are at. 
So they're in the stand, and it's just starting to barely get light. And all of a sudden, they start hearing people in this darkness still, but they're talking, and they're like, what the hell's going on? And then they start hearing dogs. Anyway, to make a long story short, there was a group of people that were tracking a deer on the neighboring property, which happened to be right. He was close to the edge of the property. And so he calls the outfitter. The outfitter comes, and they go and talk to these people. Well, there was a younger guy that was hunting the neighboring property the night before, and they were tracking a deer. And you probably heard of this guy's name is Tracker John. Oh, yeah. Okay, Tracker John, world-famous deer tracker, tracks this deer, finds it, and literally the deer is laying dead within about 30, 35 yards behind Brother Dave in the ladder stand. Wow. So – this deer was coming back to his core, hurt, dies mm-hmm. right behind his stand. Dave just texted me because he told the whole story last week. He said, found out the buck that they found behind me at Green scored 204 inches. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Does that make you sick or what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, when we hang up, I'm going to send you some pictures of some of the ones that uh, some other buddies up or people I know have 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 shot up there and then you know one of them was uh um they think it'll be the third largest ever shot with a bow in um uh, in illinois and it was uh like 215 214 wow. something like that wow and uh but i mean that's the thing about it jeff i i wish i was going up going had taking the time to find places. We have friends that kill deer on public land up there that anybody can go to that are in the 170s. Mm. Uh, consistently, you just got to take the time to do it, you know. And, uh, man, I wish I would have started 30 years ago up there, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I know. You just don't know. That's the thing about it. When you're sitting in a stand up there, you don't know. You could be possibly looking at uh, – a world record deer it could come by you you just don't know man they just have them which know? is amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah all right so we're uh, back in illinois and uh you had this monster walk in and you didn't get it uh, so now you're on this trip just recently so tell us the story let's take take us back to illinois okay first we'll talk about the conditions i don't know if you guys have noticed you've noticed up on your property but i mean even with the fishing and all the, the whole season for the leaves changing and all of that is Late. way behind this year. Yeah, it's way and, behind. Uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, time. they just had the leaf change up in the Carolinas. I mean, my, my wife was up there while I was going on this hunt, and they were beautiful. But that's way behind, and fishing is weird. And Anyway, we get up there to Illinois and get to our property. I mean, it looks like if you look out the window right here, the leaves are all green. There's no changing. There's no nothing. Usually by the time that we get up there, half the leaves are off the trees. The acorns are falling. There's no acorns falling or anything. All the fields are planted in soybeans, and and they've already killed them off, you know, getting ready to harvest them and everything. So they're all dry and everything. And, and we saw less deer this year than we've seen in 10 years. And um, adjoining properties that had corn on it you get a lot of the deer going to it you know in the cornfields and all and uh so hunting was not as good as it has been as for the number of deer of deer sightings but we had some cold weather up there the leaves started changing while we were up there 
the acorns started raining and all. And uh, I could tell you some story. I passed on a 140, a 135, 140, then saw one that would probably be 140 to 150 wow. and, and blew it. And uh, so I have this one spot where in one of the biggest block of woods that we have um, that where five, four or five ridges come together. And at some time over the years, um, way back, it used to be like a country for the country people around there, farmers or whatever, it used to be like a dump site. There was tin cans, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, under the ground and all where, you know, how people just dump stuff out in the woods and shouldn't, you know, but right. that's been there a long time ago. Well, this place has grown up into a big, I don't know, uh, three or four acre thicket mm-hmm. at the top of this knoll, you know, gotten a lot of brush in it real thick. You can't see through it, you know, trails coming all out of it. And years ago I found it and I've, I've had run-ins with one fifties there before some big deer and never connected. But, um, so it, it takes a South or a Southwest wind. We had North, Northeast, East winds, which is real unusual for up there. Um, at this time of the year. So I was waiting to, to um, get the south, southwest wind. So the last four or five days of the hunt, it turns south, southwest is going to stay that way. I hadn't even been into this place. So I go into this place, and usually there's 10, 15 big scrapes. There's rubs on trees as big as your bicep and your forearms, you know, and it's just torn apart. I get in there. Because of everything being behind, man, there's a couple little scrapes, hardly any rubs at all, just pencil rubs. And I'm going, oh, man, this is disappointing. Well, I went ahead and I put my stand up and got up in it. Had At, the, at this spot, there's no, you can't use a climber. You have to use a lock-on. Yep. So I, I had a lock-on up in this tree. And I had, it's a real good stand site. So I'm sitting there and I'm actually pretty disappointed. And I'm knowing my honey hole that I've been waiting on the whole time is not looking too good. Um, so anyway, it started getting down where the sun was going down behind the trees, still had 45 minutes of hunting time or so. So I rattled and, uh, you know, put the horns up, you know, standing there, had my bow in my hand and out of this thicket that you, you can't see through that's in front of me. I hear, deer running i went oh my goodness you know out comes this doe you know 20 yards from me just running full speed i said here we go and uh i hear a deer in there grunting and so i get up and get ready i figured a big old buck was going to come out this giant cow horn spike (laughs) comes out chasing dogging that doe and i went oh man that wasn't what i was waiting on but but i you know, I started thinking, well, if if she's getting that close to being ready, you know, and that deer's chasing her, there might be a big one coming in, you know. So I grunted a few times and probably had stood there maybe five or ten minutes, and it's getting darker by the second, you know. And uh, all of a sudden inside that thicket I hear just limbs breaking, stuff just going crazy. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's something big in there. And, uh, so it, it just keeps doing it and doing it. And then I realized it's a 
a buck making rubs or scrapes and he's just tearing the place apart inside you know usually making the scrapes that i usually see it there i'm talking about as big as you know half as big as the hood of your truck nice so this thing just keeps tearing it up inside there and it's getting darker and darker and darker and i'm going oh my god should i grunt to him i said no i'm not going to grunt to him because then if he comes out he's going to be alert so i'm just standing there and he gets closer to the edge of the thicket and starts what well, we found out looking making giant these giant scrapes and so i'm starting to get really worried about being able to shoot him you know um if he stays in there too much longer it's going to be too dark to 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 see and sure enough he stops i stop hearing the noise and 20 yards in front of me i see this giant body come walking out of the thicket and as soon as i saw the body i couldn't really see the horns at that time, um, I knew, I said, oh my God, that's a huge deer. And so I got ready and I, you know, ready to draw and he just walks. And then he comes past these couple trees and I see this giant main beam sticking up. Nice. Couldn't count points, no time for that or whatever, but body size and the size of the main beam, I knew it was a big deer, a shooter. And in, at seven yards, I grunted to him. He stopped, and I whacked him. Mm. Oh, man, you shot him at seven yards? Seven yards. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How That's high up? close. How high up were you? I'm probably no more than about 17 or 18 feet, but it, it's a, a place that I've kind of cultivated over the years. It was a big cedar tree in front of me, and I cut the top out. So I, when I sit, my eyes are just above the top of the cedar tree. So when I see anything or hear anything, get ready. I just stand up, and in front of me, just this perfect blind. So he walked right past that. That's didn't awesome. Didn't see me. Had no idea. Um, and when you shoot like that, and it's getting that late, our bows are so fast, you don't really know where you hit him. I mean, I had the pin dead where I should have, and sure enough, I hit him right behind the shoulder, and it went all the way through and came out the belly. Um, but but it cut his heart when we cleaned him, just like you would slice a a melon or something, but not completely open. It just parted it right in half. And mm. you still shooting so, the G fives? Yeah. Yep. And so in the um, in the darkness, I hear him go out there, and I think I hear him fall. And I went, "Oh my God!" I had to sit down. I was shaking so bad, and I had that at that time though. Guys, I didn't know. I knew it was a giant deer, but I didn't know what it was. Right, so, right. Yeah. It's kind of dark. You're not focusing. You just looked at the body, and I can, I can hear you now, Larry. You're like stand pause. <sighs> oh, I know. <laughs> Give me man. A minute. I, I, I'm reliving it, man. And it's exciting. Oh, yeah. But, but anyway, anyway, I get my gear together and I get down and I text my son and Tony that I'd shot a, I've shot a big buck. I got a buck down. Uh, didn't know how big. So in the dark, I had a lighted knock, and I was so hyped up, the air had gone completely through the animal, but in about three or four leaps, it had come out still perfectly straight and everything with, with a lighted knock. And I walked right by the lighted knock and never even saw it. So in the dark, I couldn't find any blood. I didn't know exactly which way he went or whatever, but I knew up where I'd heard him. And the, the woods up there are fairly open, so I just started walking down this old tram road that was grown over and 
shined my light up there and boom, right in the middle of that tram road, there he was. And nice. I started walking up, still had no idea, walked up on him. And the first thing I see this big rack laying there, but the first thing, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures, Jeff, occurred of. Oh, we got them. We're looking at them now. That thing was close to 300 pounds. I could Mm. not believe it. And, you know, here I am, the biggest buck of my life that I've shot rack-wise, but I'm amazed at the size of the body on this thing. I could, it was all I could do by myself to roll him over to see where the shot went through, you know? Oh, it was, we we got the, uh, the pictures are up on our Facebook page, and the picture that really shows how big it is is that, He's on a dolly. He's on a dolly that you have attached to the back of a four-wheeler, and you go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, an, and that was after he was gutted. Yeah, he's and been gutted, and, and that picture is like, God almighty. He, he he had to be close to 300 pounds, Jeff. I mean, I was God. dumbfounded. Wow. So here I am looking at this rack. I start looking at the rack. It's, it's a nine point, but the tines, the one tine is, 13 inches uh, the g2 the oh, other geez. one is 12 and a half and you you can see the size of the mass and the and the i mean it's That's as far enormous. as scoring it had everything for scoring you know good 156 and, inches right well, that's with me scoring him. He could be an inch or two, you know. I mean, I'm not a professional scorer, but I do know how to do it. And, yeah. And and I, he he came with mine one one fifty six and a quarter. He could be a couple inches more. He could be a couple inches less. I don't know, but just an outstanding deer. Well, congratulations to you. I mean, what a what, what a, a great sp- deer. What a great story. Yeah, awesome. And uh, I mean, that's why you go to Illinois. I mean, that's why that's- they call it the land of giants. Yeah, and you know, one thing I have to say to hunters out there just starting or whatever, you can't give up. I mean, you've got it can happen yep. it can happen the last thirty minutes of the hunt. You know, you, you just can't just because it's not working it, it may not be as good this year as the year before, you can't give up, you know. Especially when you're in a place like that. I mean, at any time a two hundred inch could walk right under you, you know. Well, and kudos to you, Larry, and and you kinda emphasized it a couple times about taking a quality shot. That's as a bow hunter, the older I get, and you're the one that taught me how to bow hunt. The older you get, the more patient you get with that. You know, you want a good quality shot. I mean, I was in Pennsylvania for for a week and had plenty of times to shoot deer and just didn't have good shots. It didn't take them. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I've been bow hunting a long time and I'll, I'll be the first to admit I, I've lost some game, you know, and when elk hunting, elk hunting, you're going, if you shoot an elk and you hit him in the shoulder, you're not getting, it. I mean, the elk will live, you won't kill the elk, but you're not going to get him. So as you, as you realize, you know, it's not worth shooting the animal if you don't have a shot that, that you feel that's you know, you can make, you know, well, and shoot him where you should shoot him. You we, know? we appreciate you taking the time to share the story because, uh, I mean, it's a lot of people always kind of, you, you always live through other people's stories if you don't have the opportunity to do something like that. So yeah. hearing your story and, uh, and hearing the excitement in your voice and seeing the pictures, I mean, congratulations to you. I mean, that's a great deer. And, uh, and I know you've worked a long time to be able to have the opportunity at an animal like that. And congratulations. Yeah, Larry. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. I'm sorry taking up the whole show. No, it's there. great. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I love stories. Good That's story, what this show's buddy. all about. You know? Yeah. I love it.
All right, guys. Well, listen, you have a good one, and good luck to you, honey. All right. Thank you, Larry. All right, Larry. Thanks. Bye-bye. Captain Larry Minyard with an Illinois giant and uh, great stories both in in Wyoming and also in Illinois. And by the way, this was put up on our Facebook page and our Instagram page yesterday. So you can check out the pictures of Larry's big deer at either location. And uh, we'll take a break. And uh, I believe we have a ring power tip of the week coming right after this right here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Well, you got to call. You got to call for what it is, Captain Kirk. Me and Kirk yeah. are talking during the break. He's like, Favors, you know, he can't move. He's on the deer side. I said, oh, BS. You can text us and give us an update. Come on, man. Come on, Favor. Come on, man. Anyways, time now for the Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. You know what happened? What? I, he was listening to Larry Minier, and he's like, there's no way that any story I can give is going to measure up, so I ain't Or, calling. I guess. Or he dropped his phone. Oh. Or he lost it. I don't know. I don't hey. know. Anyway, it's time for the Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. Ring Power in the Cat Rental Store has the fleet that can take care of your job. And it's the youngest fleet in the industry, which makes it the most dependable. And if you want to find out more, go to ringpower.com to see how they can help you. Remember, they've got everything from light towers to aerial lifts to backhoes, bulldozers, you name it, they've got it. And this week's Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week what do we got this week, Captain Kirk? Got the best ammo company in the world, ammoseek.com. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for stocks, guns, magazines, reloading components. Well, and that's it. Here's the deal. It's the reality is, is that since the pandemic and with our political climate that that, that we're currently in, yep. finding ammunition these days is a challenge. Yeah, politicians think. And it's uh. <laughs> Sorry. With the pandemic, you know, sometimes it's hard to find exactly what you want, and also because uh, of that, the prices are very high with some things. But yep. and literally, when when some of these you know local stores are getting a shipment in of ammunition, all of a sudden people flock in there and buy it up, and it's gone. That that exact thing happened to me not too long ago. Yes, and so instead of trying to Call the store, time it up, and all that kind of stuff. You can actually go to this website. It's called ammoseek.com, and you can sign up to where you actually can get alerts on the particular ammo that you're looking for, or you can just go in there every day or whenever you have time, and you type in the exact ammo you want, the exact grains of the bullet, the, the, uh, the manufacturer. I mean, you can type in all this data to get the exact kind of ammunition that you want, and then, and then hit search. And what AmmoSeek does is it actually goes and searches on all the online websites to find out who has it. Yeah, let your fingers do the shopping. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's a great way to be able to find what you're looking for. And uh, and I've used it many times, and uh, and it's fantastic. And uh, we all use it. Me, Gordon, Parker, Ed. You know, we all use it to, to get ammo, and we're getting eventually going to have our LBMF shoot off or a little contest that we're going to do we're having a shooting competition so we're all trying to get this different ammo and so anyway ammoseek.com if you're looking for ammo i'll tell you that and it's uh it's outstanding so that's your ring power cat tip of the week right here on the nimnik chevrolet outdoor show now let's go to the phone lines and bring up mr top gun you did it last week i'm glad you did it again how about them Jags? How about that? Man, that was really good. 
I was watching that game, and I was sitting there going, who are these guys? Where, where did they come from? They were phenomenal. What a game. Very good game. I just I thoroughly joined, enjoyed that, and I bet you there's people around the country that probably might have seen that game that don't know a lot about it, the Jags that probably went, how has this team only won one game? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, they were, it was just a brilliant game plan. Just terrific. Good day for football. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, Captain Minyard's stories. I'm not a hunter, but uh, I was fascinated by the whole thing. And it was amazing how he was, when he was telling a story, you could tell by his breathing and all that he was like he was there, you know. Oh, yeah. Like it was actually happening then. Um, it was cool. Um, is he a beach guy? Oh, yeah. Larry Minion yeah, lived it in the beaches forever. Yeah, I remember him from uh, high school at Funkham, uh, you betcha. Um, oh, yeah. Wasn't he a... Wasn't he a surfer back in the day? Famous surfer. He's been yeah. elected to the Surfing Hall of Fame. That's cool. That's I competed cool. against yeah, Larry in surf contest in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. A, might have been a year ahead of me. I'm not positive, but I remember him from high school. That's, but I hadn't seen him in years, years. But uh, it was cool. That was a great story. When when he was talking about a bow, is that a regular conventional bow or no. is that a crossbow? No, it's compound. Not a not a well. You got to read. Well, it's just it's a regular it's a regular compound bow, which is what modern modern bows are today. It's not a traditional or a crossbow. It's just a regular compound bow. Yeah, it's not like Robin well, Hood where they use recurves. No, this is a compound bow which got pulleys on both ends. Uh huh. That's what we shoot. Is it, is it hard to draw that back? No, not no. necessarily. Most, most of the modern bows today, if like if it's a 70-pound draw, like the, when it's pulling it back, it's like half. They have a thing called yeah. let off. Yeah. It has a cam on the ends of the, the limbs of the bow. As you pull it back, it actually lets off uh, a good portion of the amount of weight. Even though you're shooting, like I shoot, I shoot 59 pounds on mine. I don't know what Larry shoots on his. Right. Wow. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. Um, that's just amazing that he got that kind of shot that close and, um, nothing easy. Really, really cool. I really enjoyed, uh, listening to him. I'm glad y'all had him on and did that story and all that was something. Thank you. Yeah. But, um, I have an appropriate story for you. Um, please this, this, um, guy passes away and he goes to heaven and meets with St. Peter and St. Peter said, well, we're going to let you in because you were pretty good on when you were on earth, on earth, you were a pretty good fella and all. And the guy says, uh, could I ask a favor? And St. Peter said, uh, yeah, what's that? And the guy says, is there any possibility that before I go into heaven, I might could see hell? what hell looks like. And um, St. Peter says, yeah, we don't usually do this, but he said, walk right down there to that elevator, go in, 
tip number one, and he said, it's going to take you a long time to get down to one. He said, when you get down to one, the doors will open and you'll get the view hell. But don't get off that elevator. Take a look and come back up. So the guy does it. When the doors open, all he can see is frozen tundra. Everything is ice. And there's a oh, wow. about a, a blizzard blowing sideways about 40 miles an hour, just thick snow. And uh, he's like, wow. So he punches, the, closes the door, goes back up to heaven, and doors open up, and St. Peter's standing there, and he said, well, uh, what'd you see? And the guy says, uh, man, he said, I thought hell was like all fire and brimstone. And St. Peter says, well, it is. And the guy says, no. He said, when those doors open, he said, all I saw was ice, and everything was frozen, and a, a snowstorm blowing sideways about 40 miles an hour, thick snow. And St. Peter said, huh. He said, oh, I know what happened. And the guy says, what? And St. Peter says, Buffalo must have finally won the Super Bowl. L3S, baby! <laughs> Top gun. Chris, your take? I kind of smelled it coming. I didn't, I didn't know what the, what the hitch is going to be, but, yeah, I knew, I knew uh-huh. it froze over. All right, uh, do we got time to take Mike, Chris? Chris is our yeah. Why not? All right, let's take what Mike. the heck this this program shot. We're just totally off the off the mark when it comes to schedule. But good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. I, I promise not to go on as long as Top Gun. You never know uh, where those jokes are going to go. <laughs> um, hey, I just wanted to uh, throw out a thanks. A couple months ago, you guys mentioned these awesome flags that Brother James was doing. And, yes. Uh, like you know what? I'm I'm gonna my brother lives in Taylorsville, Georgia. Really rustic, has this amazing farm uh, farm that he's that he's done up and everything. It's super cool. All kind of memorabilia and everything. So my brother would love this, and he's a pretty patriotic guy. Too. And uh, I ordered one for myself. Kind of forgot about it. It's been a couple months. So James called me earlier in the week. Never met the gentleman. Just heard all the cool stories uh, on the uh, the show here. And uh, went over to his house yesterday and picked him up, and I was blown away. I, I just, I really thank you guys for, for putting this out there and, and letting people know that, that, that James is doing these things. Um, it's a great gift. Uh, I haven't decided where I'm going to put it yet, whether it's going to be at my house or if it's going to be in my conference room in my office. Um, but it's a great way, especially in these times, for, for somebody to give a gift to somebody, show a little patriotism. And certainly that's something that we need right now, not to get political. But anyway, just wanted oh. to throw it out. I'm Thank I'm glad you, you got one because uh, I just got mine last week too, Mike, and they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, they really are. I mean, you put them on the wall, and that's a conversation piece immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I was just amazed. You know, the look at the stars, how much time he took. I don't know what he made the stars out of, and how he did the uh, the engraving or whatever. But anyway, uh, I'll stop going on. But anyway, I wanted to thank you guys and. Again, uh, some other people would probably love to, to get these things as gifts for people. Yeah, great call. Thank you, Mike. And uh, what they were talking about, the American flag that Brother James does. Yep. And, right. and I got mine last week or the week before. Anyway, I got I got them within the last couple of weeks, and they're absolutely gorgeous. And uh, and I got him actually making me one, like a three-by-five, a bigger one than the, the ones that I got already. So very excited about that. 
And uh, I know Brother James is listening. And uh, if you want to figure out exactly what they are, all you got to do is scroll back in time on our Facebook page and look at the posts that we mentioned for uh, Brother James. And it's uh, Catface Customs. That uh, That's the name of the company that he's doing it with and in conjunction with the Lazy S Ranch. So you can check them out. All right, let's take a break here on the – Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. And uh, if you'd like to join in, 904-641-1010. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. And as always, folks, uh, you always know this at the Nimnik Family Dealerships. And that's uh, Chevrolet on Cassett Avenue and then Buick and GMC on Phillips Highway you get a best price guarantee. Oh. And that's the beauty of dealing with the Nimnik family. First of all, they've been in business forever. Gosh, forever. Uh, and, and, years. And the reason why is because they do business right. And they treat the customers with great respect, and you always get a best price guarantee there. And so with all the inventory and everything else, I mean, why would you go anywhere else? And just remember the Nimnik family of dealerships, Chevrolet on Cassett Avenue, that's 1550 Cassett Avenue. And then Buick and GMC is on Phillips Highway just south of the Avenues Mall. Yeah, and you got to check out that new GMC Diesel 3.0. And it's Chevrolet version as well. It's it a half-ton diesel pickup, and it might be the greatest, in my opinion, it's one of the greatest inventions in pickups in probably the last couple decades to be able to put a, a smaller diesel motor in the half-ton pickup. The fuel efficiency and the power stupid is crazy good. We were getting 26 miles to a gallon driving to Pennsylvania. Wow. 26 miles. Wow. Going 85 miles an hour on the interstate. That's impressive. That's impressive. 85. Yeah. Kirk. I wasn't driving. Kate was. <laughs> wow. All right. So let's go talk to David. He's got a husband-wife hunting story. And uh, morning, David. Morning, fellas. Yeah, I've been I was trying to get my wife to go hunting with me up in Carolina for years. She likes dog hunting. She don't like steel hunting. Right. Really? So she just so she's finally decided to come with me a couple weeks ago. Seen deer every time we sat. I'm going, you need to come with me more often. I'm starting to see deer. She said, all right. So she wasn't going to go with me last weekend. So she finally got talked into it. She said, I'm going to go with you. I got up Sunday morning. I said, you want to go sit? She said, I don't know. It's real cold. I'm going, could be good. Got her up. She got in the stand. Had action from the start. And then about 8 o'clock, here comes Doe come I mean, flying out of the woods. Huge 10-point behind her. Couldn't oh. get my gun up in time. I was frustrated. I was going, dang. Then she taps me on the shoulder and goes, look, look. To my right, another 8-point come out. Oh, my gosh. She gets the camera up. She's videoing the whole time. Right when I go to shoot. Boom, she drops the camera. I shoot the deer. She never got it on camera. Oh. oh. <laughs> but she got the deer. All the way up to the shot. <laughs> got the deer. <laughs> That's awesome. And the first words out of her mouth, I think you missed. I'm going, missed. Every time I shoot now, I hear that, and I'm getting so sick of that. And I hit, <laughs> I've hit three in a row. I'm not a misser. <laughs> Oh, that's a good story. I, mean, I love, I mean, it's all, I mean, seriously, having spouses hunt together is, it's awesome. I've, I've like had the opportunity hooked. to do that. And I'm, my wife has kicked me to the curb now and she wants to go hunt on her own, you know, which is awesome. Okay. And, yep. uh, it, I love it. It's fantastic. Spending time with them in the woods is the best thing. Oh yeah. You get yeah. To reconnect. 
And what we do now is like we'll be hunting and we hunt separate. And we're texting the whole time back and forth about what do you see and what yep. do you see? That's so cool. Yeah, and that's, that's it's just cool. fun, you know. You're sharing something with your your wife or your husband, vice versa, whatever you want to call it. It's good stuff. That's right. All right, boys, you take care. All right, thank you, David. All right, thanks, David. All right, let's go go to the phone lines. Do we have time, Chris? It's favor, Kevin. What, what, What's what, up, boys? <laughs> you felt the heat. Yeah, I felt the felt the heat, and that's 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 good. I like it. I wouldn't have it any other way because when you guys were up there, we give it the all too. All right, so what's the deal, man? <laughs> so, so and, and just just to uh, kind of reiterate what you were talking about there, real quick, Jeff, is that um, you know Carrie does doesn't bow hunt anymore, but she still loves to go to the woods. As a matter of fact, I mean, we actually have a stand called the Carrie Stand here, and she goes with her phone and she films stuff and she texts it all the time, and it's it, it's it's a ball. You know what I mean? I, I love it when she goes, and uh, it's it, it's it's inevitable that she always sees some giant ass buck. You know, while we're, while we're all scrambling around. Oh yeah. Y'all should have been over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why do y'all keep putting me in this thing? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's been a, it's been a it has been a uh, incredible two weeks. I mean, just uh, and literally, I thought it every day except for one afternoon. Um, a couple, let's see, it would have been the, um, two, two afternoons ago because we had that front come through and um, sat yesterday. I got in the woods early yesterday afternoon around one thirty, and from 2 o'clock until 4.30, it snowed on me and was blowing 25 to 30, and I'm going, it's my last afternoon. I'm not getting there. Wow. <laughs> you, should, you should have seen the front of me. It was total ice. It was, it was, it was crazy. How wow. cold and, and, and stuff it was, but and then and then of course the wind quit like like twenty minutes before dark and the deer just started pouring out of the woods and it was just it was just too late to see, to see my tents. But it's been, I, I Jeff, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but the uh, the weather for rut in Georgia this year has probably been the best that I could ever remember since since we've had our property. You know, with the with, with the mornings being in the you know high thirties, low forties, and then you know even in the in the high fifties in the afternoon. Uh, last week was was awesome. I mean, I I, um, I, I passed up just absolutely beautiful eight points um, in in Georgia. We'll talk about that next week, and then uh, it, it, it's typical. It's been a typical Indiana trip for me. Um, and I started thinking about this. I have seen three or four really good bucks, all between eighty to hundred yards away, and I have had one encounter with an eight point that that was on Tuesday morning, which was which was my my, my third morning, and probably should have shot him, but uh, I don't regret that I didn't. But he's probably one thirty class buck. Yeah, would, would would be my guess, you know. But but you know what? I, I mean, I don't need meat, um, and and it's it, you know what when I shoot one up here, I, I I've, I've seen what's here, you know. I mean, there, there's 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 you know, some bucks in that 160, class range here. And you just, and I know it sounds crazy. You've got to be patient. I mean, I've been coming here for 15 years and I've killed one buck. <laughs> but, you know, I know I know what I want to shoot and I know what I don't want to shoot. All right, so are you, are you done hunting up there now? Yeah, we're done. We're literally packing up right now. It's, oh, uh, why? It's, it's a hot, it's, well, um, simply for the fact that sometimes you're getting kicked out. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. You wore out your welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Jimmy said, Kevin, you need to go home. I'm really tired of you here. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, yeah, you know. So um, no, it's 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 time, it's time, and and, um, and honestly, it's it's kind of. I'm looking at the weather in Georgia. Um, my God, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. So we're we're, we're leaving for there. I'll be up for a few days there, and then uh, come home next week and do the radio show on Saturday. Good for you. Nice. Good yeah. for you. All right. Yeah. Well, we just yeah. want an update. Yeah. I was going, man. Yeah, you yeah, heard yeah, from yeah, favor. Yeah. Man, I I'll tell you what is funny because even people that that have Did you take so some pictures fun. from the deer stand? I didn't have, you know, I didn't, there was, there was no, first off, you know, with the 8.8, I ain't worried about taking pictures. I was thinking about killing that buck, you know. <laughs> you got to um, take pictures, it, man. Oh, come on, man. Well, I mean, Jeff, I, I did for you. I took some sunrises and some sunsets, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, take pictures of wildlife. I told you, your ears are going to be burning. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I tried to set the example last week in all those I mean, pictures that, was that I really sent. Good. You know, that was that was really good. Yeah, I, I, I that, that was that was a good set. Absolutely, great set. That was that was cool. So, but I do. I have some pictures. All right, I have some pictures. All yeah, right. and oh, and I took pictures of our food plots for you, Jeff, because I know that you'll be like, oh wow, alpha alpha food plots. I mean, man, we got in Indiana. Just, man, getting hammered. It's I, so much fun sitting on it. I wish there was a way, and I know I that know. there's a variety, but I mean, I, I would love to be able to grow alfalfa. I know in Georgia, and they yep, have, have one. Nope. Yep, I know they do. I, I I've never seen deer. Love that stuff, I've never man. seen deer in a food plot like this. Never. You know, and, and they'll be there in the middle of the day. Oh yeah, it, yeah. it's yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. I my, mean, you have to my, your approach to these to these uh, food plots. I mean, you got to be dead quiet because there's usually deer already in them all day. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not like a George food plot. Pennsylvania was like no, that. It, you could set your set your watch by it every morning and every afternoon. They're going to be in that perfect. alfalfa. And, 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 and all the soybeans and all the corn has been taken out. You know, I mean, obviously there's there's a little bit of stuff. So that's really the only food around for miles. And it's just it's crazy to, to sit there and watch the deer pour out on these two-acre food plots. Yeah, my, you know, you'll see. my first experience with alfalfa. Was in Nebraska when you guys remember when I first went out there with yep. Buzz and Adam yeah, and all those guys hunt. turkey hunt. Yeah, and you would have just these little pieces near that you know were kind of the offset pieces that they couldn't grow corn or couldn't got quite get the irrigated yep. part to it, and they would have alfalfa planted on it, and it was ridiculous. I love it. It is. I wish we could you would have down here. You would have, and there was one patch that was to the farthest western end of this one piece of property that we used to hunt. And it was about a about a three acre patch of alfalfa, and I kid you not that in the morning there would be or in the evening there would be fifty deer, and yep. there would be probably twenty some odd turkeys in that little patch. Yep. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yep, they love it. Yep, it's it's yeah, they do they they absolutely love it. Like I said, I, I've seen them in there all times of, of the day. That's been that's, that's been fun. So. All right, we'll drive safe. We had a great story from Captain Larry Minyard. We got the story on his Illinois buck and also his Wyoming elk this morning. It was unbelievable awesome. what a year he's had. I'm sorry I missed that, but I'm glad. I'm glad that he that he called in and told the stories. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah well, hey, listen, Kevin, uh, yeah. you don't have to miss it because you can listen to it on the podcast.
on oh, Facebook. Yeah, idea. and yeah, I know, I know. So, There's so thank you, thank you to uh, so, Mako, so, so on, thank you to Mako ride, and Whalen Bay for the sponsor on that. I yeah. just want to mention that. Thank you guys. And so yeah, the latest. And, 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 so when when will that be updated so I can listen to my ride today? Okay, so if you're going oh. to be listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, it'll come up. Oh, gosh, it'll be ready to roll by 1030. Um, Spotify takes a little longer, and we just uh, secured a spot on Facebook on your mobile app, on the Facebook mobile app, so you can listen to the podcast there. We're still trying to figure out how quickly it populates because it does it automatically, but guaranteed within 24 hours you'll be able to listen to it directly off the Facebook page on the mobile phone. Fantastic. I'll be listening. All right, you should, because Be Larry was great. driving home, man. Yeah, good, good, good talking to you all. I'll see you next Saturday. All right, all right see you. All right, let's take a break. And uh, we come back. We're going to do a weather, updated weather, updated tides. We'll also do a Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week, courtesy of Brother Dave. And it's got to do with venison. So get your mm. venison out of the freezer and get ready, because we've got a recipe for you right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Don't, uh, folks, don't forget about uh, Strike Zone. If you need some tackle, ammunition, bow equipment, you name it, I they got, got some lighted knocks. Strike Zone. Strike Zone. It's I'll just be. a cool place to go and look around. It is. It's, it's great a, to spend some time there. Good people and very helpful. Sports can tell you cave. that. Hey, a couple weeks ago, we had Mr. Bill Dance on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show, and, and he was awesome. He spent about an hour with us. and It was great. And most recently, I saw somebody tagged or liked something and, and tagged me, I guess, in this little tweet. And I, di- I, didn't, I don't follow Bill Dance on Twitter. Well, now I do. Right. Because uh, he tweeted out this. He said, hey, while doing a radio interview recently with Jeff Logman, a former NFL player for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he asked how the T-cap got started. While I was telling Jeff the story about how former Tennessee Vols football coach Doug Dickey had sent me a couple caps back in the 60s, and he posted the picture that I had sent him of Coach Dickey and C. Ford Riley. Sitting on the couch. Yep. And uh, and so he had a series of three three tweets. He goes on to talk about, hey, wouldn't you know it, Coach Dickey was living in Jacksonville and retired, found out about the radio show and watched the game with C. Ford Riley, sent this picture. It's safe to say my television career may not have been where it is without Coach Dickey if you hadn't sent me those first tea caps. So that was cool. That was Way cool. cool. So, and it's also cool that uh, Bill Dance at 81 years of age is pretty tweeting. Sp- yeah, I agree. Pretty spry. <laughs> I agree. That is pretty spry. So if you want to go back and listen to a couple things, mm-hmm. you want to go back and you want to listen to the Bill Dance interview, mm-hmm. or if you want to go back last week to listen to the story about Brother Dave caught, talked about, about this 204 green scored buck that expired right behind his stand the first day that he was hunting, and or if you want to go back and hear Captain Larry Minyard, Chris, you can do what? Oh, you can listen to that podcast, can't you? Um, and right now, see, though, this is cool because um, if you have the old mobile phone and you pull up your Facebook app, because everybody always interacts with the Outdoor Show Facebook page all the time, you know, right. looking, you know, looking at posts and everything else. But if you look, you know, there are tabs on the page. There's home and shop and about and photos. And then right beside photos, there is now a tab that says podcast. Mm-hmm. And so if you click on that, you can just scroll and we've got a ton of them. A matter of fact, 736 episodes. 
that you can go back and listen to right there. And uh, and you mentioned and you mentioned uh, the Bill Dance inter- interview. Yeah. That's um, OS eleven ninety one from October thirtieth. Bill Dance and Friends is the name of that. So all you have to do is just scroll down a little bit for that. And then the one last week um, was called it's OS eleven ninety two. Good hunt, bad fish, mm-hmm. and uh, that's from November sixth. Can't beat it. Yeah, and, and the fish. And by the way, the fish and forecast ones are also up there. So and uh, and also, you know, if you got Spotify, you can go through Spotify, but it takes a little bit longer for Spotify to populate. So mm-hmm. uh, all good. All right, let's do a a weather and a tides. We'll start with a fe- weather forecast brought to you by the brisket at the Bearded Pig. Oh, oh. If you've never been to the Bearded Pig, folks, and you're a barbecue fanatic like me you're you're just missing it mm. you're just missing good quality barbecue second to none give me a little fatty cut mixed brisket oh, with some of that bean casserole and a side give me two sides of greens well now just give me one side of green and or give if, me they, if they're running the brussels sprouts the brussels sprouts or the jalapeno poppers i'll take them too oh my fantastic those and poppers. uh and give Dude. me a Give me a Bell's Oberon from their wide selection of craft beers. Or give me a Score. sweet tea. I'll take a And a sweet tea. I want both. Sweet tea to go out the door and just one cold beer to have before my meal. Get done and with that. Look for a couch. And if you're paying, you're I'll it. take anything you give me. <laughs> give me. All right. The weather forecast. I uh, got a little cold front rolling in. And today it's going to be west winds 10 to 15 knots becoming northwest in the afternoon. Seas 2 to 3 feet. Tomorrow northwest winds 5 to 10, 3 to 4 feet. And Monday, northwest winds, 10 to 15 knots, becoming north 5 to 10 in the afternoon. Tuesday, north winds, 5 to 10, becoming northeast in the afternoon. And then it's going to come around to the east on Wednesday. Basically, you got a couple cold fronts pushing down. So. Yeah, and the actual line of the front itself is directly over Jacksonville right now. So there are probably going to be some scattered showers that might go through, maybe some little misting. Yeah, so we're looking at daytime highs uh, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, about 67 it's going to Lo- be gorgeous. Lows in the 40s in the morning, though. Gorgeous. If you're going to go fishing, you wear, you got to bundle up in the morning. I'll take it any day of the week. Yep. Tides Report brought to you by the best sub shop in Jacksonville, Angie Subs. Two locations. Don't forget about Angie's the Grom at the beach. I like both of them. If I want the hammered pig, I'm going to the Grom. If I want a Peruvian and French fries... I am going to Angie's Subs. I personally like the, the Del Rio myself, but, mm. you know. I'm, I'm, I might end up impartial. having me the Dr. Bang Scrippy today. And I and Dylan always got surprise, the cheeseburger sub. Yeah, he likes the cheeseburger sub. Cheeseburger really sub. And by the way, Taylor, my daughter, she, th- she says that that's the best chicken fingers of any restaurant she eats at. She they loves love their chicken fingers. Well, my wife, she's a health food nut, so some of the best salads. Mm-hmm. Not just subs, folks. Salads, too. Health All right. Food. So uh, what's the tides? Well, today we just had a low tide at Mayport. And that's a point nine two. At 4.21 p.m., you got a high tide, and that's going to be a 5.09. All right, let's do a Kirby Co. Builders cooking tip of the week. Kirby Co. Builders Yum. is an industry leader and proven provider of framing, drywall, interior, and exterior finishing on both commercial and residential products. Go to kirbycobuilders.com to learn more and see the pictures of the beautiful work that they do. Brother Dave sent us this recipe, and oh, man, is it yummy. That looks so good. It, it looks good, and it's pretty simple. It's very simple, and we're calling this venison heaven in a crock pot. Okay, that was uh, <laughs> my name, but, but this is Dave's recipe. It's a can of beef broth, can of cream of mushroom soup, a pack of Lipton dry onion soup mix, and a little water in the crock pot. 
you brown the venison, and whether you have ground venison or whether you have cubed venison, however you want to do it. Toss it in flour first and then and then uh, saute it brown in the skillet. Exactly. And then you cut up an onion, a bell pepper, maybe some mushrooms. And here's the beauty. You can put whatever the hell you want I like the in this idea thing. of the fresh mushrooms. I'm yes. a big fresh mushroom guy. Absolutely. Put it all in the crock pot. Bell peppers. Okay. Oh, son. And then just, just let it cook. Mm. And then this kind of reminds me, when I was a kid growing up, my mom used to make something that was beef stroganoff. Right. Okay. Love beef noodles. stroganoff. I mean, who doesn't like beef stroganoff? Mm, it's it. like Salisbury steak. Who doesn't like Salisbury steak? There's got to be something wrong with you. Okay. Salisbury steak goes with mashed potatoes. That's what right. does beef stroganoff go on? Egg noodles. Damn noodles, right. baby. Got to have egg, egg noodles. noodles. Got to have per- <laughs> perfect egg noodles, man. I, I mean, that's in that wild how that is. We all said egg noodles at the same time. You could put it on a bed of rice. But it's would it be the same? same? No, it's, it's not. No. You got to have the egg noodles. Got to be egg noodles. You're going to have stroganoff, you know, and this could be like a venison stroganoff almost. Like I know? think uh, it's just, this reminds me of totally a venison stroganoff. And here's the thing. Once you mm. let it cool off and put it in the fridge, if you want to, and you want to get it healthier, then you can kind of pick out the fat that coagulates at the top. Nah, and then once it. you warm it up, but, but I mean, I you leave that can do that, but then you're taking away the flavor. And actually, it tastes better the second day. It's it like does. A, like chili. It does. Once chili goes back in the fridge and gets warmed up the second day, it's better. Mm. Oh, yeah. Awesome stuff. So a little little Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week. I mean, this is about as simple as it comes, but uh, oh, so good. And you can do this a couple different ways. You can use uh, venison uh, cut-up pieces. You can use ground venison. You can do venison sausage. You can add a whole bunch of different things in there. Yep. So anyway, that's uh, – yeah, and Sandy, Ooh, we're sorry we ran out of time. Hungry. We had a lot to do there with that extended interview with Larry. So we missed you, dear buddy. And as always, the Nimnik Chevrolet and Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show is brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill in St. Augustine. Welcome to Moe's. Steen Hatchie River Club, Angie Sub, Strike Zone Fishing, Tire Outlet. Thank you, Danny. Kirby Co. Builders, Inc., Whalen Bay Marine, Shimano. The uh, C&H Marine Construction, Atlantic Coast Marine, Consignment My Boat Sales, LV Hires, Inc., Hagen Coastal Outfitters, Shark Coatings, TS Home Renovations, Coastal Equipment, Big Pen Heating and Cooling, Claude Nolan, Cadillac, Bearded Pig, Ring Power and a Cat Rental Store, Stack M Storage, and, of course, the Nimnick Family of Dealership, Chevrolet on Cassett, and Buick and GMC on Phillips Highway. We'll talk to everybody, all three of us, here next week. You I here? look forward to it. You I'm going to go Bulls. You here? I'll, I'll, I'll be here. And go girls soccer. Yep, go Bulls. They play in the NCAA playoff Sunday at 6 o'clock. Kirk's granddaughter in the big game. So go Bulls, and uh, we'll talk to everybody same time, same place next week right here on the Nimnik Outdoor Show. See you.